I'm Commander Shepard, and the Unnamed Games Podcast is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Shepard out. Hello, people of the internet. I cut that music off dead sharp then. I do apologise. Oh, that's all they're like idiots. Like, we're all grieving the work. And then you're like, no. I totally Please. pressed the wrong button. I'm out of practice. No. <laughs> cut. Let's go again. <laughs> that's a week off and ruins the intro. I mean, what? What's, what can he do? Amateur, absolute amateur hour. I think, Phil, you're going to have to take the reins from now on, mate, because clearly you are far better at it than I am. Anyway, welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Unnamed Games Podcast. This week, I have with me, as you can see, Mr. Phil and Mr. Speed Freak Phil. How are you, sir? Hoy hoy, people of the internet. Uh, just to be clear, that sounds an awful lot of work having to host every week. So uh, you may remain in the chair of power. <laughs> Uh, until you so desire a week off, and I shall step in for the one in four that you take off. That's <laughs> Thank you very much, mate. Really about the limit of what I'm willing to commit. <laughs> it's good fun hosting, but it is a hard work. It's a pain for those of you out there but that don't ever it. do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we have the man, the legend, Mr. Rats to Tweet. How are you, sir? The man, the legend? Well, mm -hmm. legend, you say. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a billing to live up to, isn't it? You know? <laughs> it really right, is. Mate. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm just just having a bit of a chill, you know. Just been it's been a been a hot day, and I've been like, whoa. You know, thank God we're recording this late because I would have melted if we had tried to yeah. do this. I am still sweating <laughs> a lot. I'll be honest. I'm also sweating, but that's for an entirely different reason. I have my second COVID jab, and it's kicked my ass. So I feel yeah. like I've got the flu, but I haven't because it's just COVID. Well, maybe it is. Oh, mate. Nice. I, I highly recommend getting a COVID jab because, you know, getting COVID is so much worse than feeling ill for a couple of days <laughs> and never getting it. But it's an unpleasant experience, you know. Yeah, yeah, been spoilers. there, my friend. But, yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert, yeah. Uh, anyway, right, so this week we're going to go through the usual. We'll find out what people have been up to and then we're going to go through some news and then we've got a talking point this week. Uh, no quiz, I'm afraid, but uh, hopefully we can get into the juice of this talking point. So I am going to go first all the way around to the man the legend i can't deal with this feeling of the legend it's just, it's just too much man it's just too much it's too much I, to. yeah too much of something i've uh i have been having a fairly chill week i've been doing some job hunting which is kind of my life at the minute mm. uh i played a few games here and there done a fair chunk of painting um including starting some serious work on liara her her face head piece took me a long time She's like quality, mate. If mm. I never see another dot again, it'll be too soon. After <laughs> doing her whole hair, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, so we've been doing a lot of that. Listening to some, been, been listening to a lot of music because obviously when you're painting, it's a really good way to just focus in, get your zen on, stick your cans on. Um, I got my new music headphones this week; they're nice. So I was just been enjoying those while painting away, and uh, yeah, I've been having a, a really good time with are that. Those, uh, are those the ludicrously expensive ones that you got a good deal on? <laughs> Okay, okay. I use so that in commas because yeah, for got, the rest of us, it's expensive. Yeah, I got a good deal on these, but if I, they're still expensive. Let's put it that way. But it was a very good deal on them for what they are. But yeah, they weren't cheap in any way, shape, or form. But let's <laughs> let's just move swiftly on, Phil. Um, so uh, you, you know, yeah, how he puts expensive headphones and job hunting into the same conversation. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. It's in his when he's clicking them links. Mm. <laughs> yeah. like, I will be able to pay for it. Um, no, um, so I've just been, um, yeah, doing that. Uh, 
watched a bit of Netflix. Uh, been, I've been, yeah, you do, you're sometimes in a YouTube hole and something will come along and you'll go, oh, and it'll be like you know, a clip from a show. It was a clip from Star Trek, The Next Generation. And I was like, I could watch Star Trek, The Next Generation. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, I'm re-watching Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> like three seasons deep or something. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I've been a bit more choosy. Like, I've skipped the, the episodes I don't enjoy quite so much. Mm. Like, yeah, I've seen this enough times to skip that. But um, like I watched uh, Darmok uh, today, which if you know mm. that one, Darmok and Jihad at Tanagra, you know that stuff. Uh, I, I love that episode. It was really cool to watch. Uh, so yeah, I watched that today. I also, Funny um, enough, actually, just on the note yeah. of Star Trek, I have started watching back into a bit of Enterprise again because I was oh, watching yeah, back a into bit. That wonderful theme tune. Oh mate, it was the theme tune that stopped me. I think, and I was like, no, I just, I just go la 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 la. Skip intro. <laughs> Get him from there to here. Right, yeah. Kick fell out of the room. Uh, I mean, I, 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 on, the, on the same point though, not only did you then start watching Enterprise, we then tried to play Star Trek Online as well, didn't we? And failed did. miserably because neither yeah. of us could remember how to play it. I had like a yeah. max level count. It was like brilliant, annihilate everything in front of me. Don't know how to make the ship move forward though. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, oh, yeah, that. but I'm and loving also, a bit, loving a bit of Enterprise, and um, I was just wanted to say I've got into season two, and the whole. And oh. this isn't a spoiler because they talk about it like the first episode. I think the whole kind of temporal Cold War as that's starting to open up, which mm. is ooh, exciting. So I'm well stuck into that. That stuff is really well written. Season it's very two, enjoyable really to watch. Yeah, in fact, I think Enterprise as a whole is really good. It's it's it doesn't quite find its stride until like like we discussed before, like yeah, series three, four is where it really gets going, like all Star Trek does. And then it got binned off, which is yeah the shame of it. But um, yeah, the, the, they they I think as a as a as series of Star Trek go, it opens stronger than most series. Like the first two mm. seasons of Enterprise, I would probably say are better than the first two seasons of Next Generation. I would agree. Things here and there. Mm. Like, I mean, yeah. you have got like a few things that show up in Next Generation, the first two seasons, which are particular standout episodes. Mm. But um, but Enterprise as a whole has a more coherent storyline. Mm. I think it's because at that point Trek had moved into that. From the Deep Space Nine era, it moved into that like, um, and Voyager that that whole linear storyline. So you had a yes. story to tell, and mm. that and that also really suited Enterprise's you know setting and what it was doing. So yeah. I think yeah, I think that really worked for them in that respect. So um, yeah, yeah I've got a lot of time had, for it. Yeah, even though you had that episode of the week, it mm. was kind of it's still got that overarching story, hasn't it? That is yeah, very prevalent. It's going somewhere. Yeah yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's um, it's one of those things where you just like you know um, it might only be a, uh, a a a moment here or there in an episode that links it to the rest of the bigger theme, mm. but it does it you know so um, yeah there was that and um, I uh, 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 you completely throw me off now I was going to say something else I've been doing Craig and you've completely oh that was it that was it um, I have gone back to and started playing um, for the first time in, in I don't know how many years. Psychonauts, the OG Psychonauts. In fact, I only started today ah. because the uh, I, 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 as you guys know, I got my gigabit broadband uh, installed, and it, it changes it changes your world completely because you know you could just go, I'm going to play that game and download it, and um, and I literally just went right. Uh, the, the dashboard today just said play Psychonauts now, and I was like, all right, I will click. Five minutes later, I was playing Psychonauts, and yeah. I was like. I love this. It's so good. <laughs> it was only like a 5.8 gig download. <sighs> but yeah, it was Broadband envy strikes again. <laughs> mm. Mm. No, what, what? That's, that's... Go on. 
What was my um, broadband last week when we were trying to record? 17, I believe it had dropped down to. That was just my life, though, for forever. You can play like, yeah. like it's a damn. That was that was your that was your worst possible scenario. That was That's my absolute best possible <laughs> scenario for me two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, but it was it's the upload that I've really noticed though, because like um, I've been playing some more Mass Effect as well. That's something I wasn't going to linger on, but I'm doing a, a renegade run with Femship. I've never done a full renegade run before. And some of that's hilarious. Like I've never I've never got, quite gone full Renegade, and some of the stuff you can do is genuinely hilarious. <laughs> like, like, And it's so satisfying as well, because there are some characters you meet as a paragon, and you're just like, I'm just going to be nice to you, because I've kind of got to be, because, you know, it's just I'm biting my tongue, because that's what my character would do. But there's like a guy on Mass Effect 1, when you get back from your first visit away from the Citadel, you do the first mission, you go back, and he's waiting at the docks to, to interrogate you and wants to inspect the ship. And I basically went, no, do one. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that was so satisfying. <laughs> tell him to just, do one, you're not going on my ship mate get out of it <laughs> and, um, <laughs> like, yes. the one i always enjoy from the renegade is the the news reporter is it Al- yeah. alina al jelani and then she yeah. asks you a question and then it just pops up and you can lamp her in the face <laughs> yeah 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 I, on, I did that on the polar like... opposite of that like every time i would do a paragon run through on all three games because i just can't play it in any other way however there was one scene in mass effect 2 you'll remember the scene where there's a guy he's a merc standing at the top of a building and he gives you the option <laughs> to boot him off every time no matter if i was playing renegade or not uh, uh, paragon or not i would just boot him straight off there because it was just so <laughs> juicy um, but this time round, i managed to resist and not do it and i didn't feel good afterwards i was like he so should have gone off the side of that building <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a couple of moments like that but um yeah the um uh so yeah i've been doing that but i've been what i noticed to go back to the broadband thing is i've been taking screenshots mm. from aspect three as well just in and out to, to collect references to painting liara and like previously i'd have gone right i'm gonna take a screenshot and then i would have had to make sure i wasn't playing an online game because if i was like it was, forget it i couldn't do anything now my concern is i've taken a screenshot i'll wait for it to upload oh it's uploaded it's like it's just done. Like, like I don't have any waiting. It's just like, oh, it's already up. Okay, cool. No worries. So I can I can like grab, grab a reference for Liara instantly, play the game, whatever. It's great. I'm 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 loving gigabit broadband, I've got to mm. say. Because I get currently my best speeds I've recorded are nine hundred and sixty-five, I think, down and seven hundred and ninety up. And I'm just like yeah. <laughs> also on the Amazeables front, the the uh screenshot mode in that mass effect legendary edition is yeah, so good, good and comprehensive like that must be amazing for taking the reference shots and stuff mm, yeah it's really useful i mean like the the only annoying thing about it is there's no way to get into to photo mode during cutscenes. so where there are some really you go oh i really do like that shot you're like mm. I'm, I'm being really fussy because i want these things you can't do it which is kind of annoying but that's a minor gripe but other than that like the fact you can remove the npcs remove the player change your depth it's a phenomenally good photo mode to be fair credit mm. where credit is due it's really, really good but um yeah and the only thing i was like psychonauts obviously been playing that what i was going to say on psychonauts is i'm really really impressed by how good it still looks now i know that's because the series x is doing all its magic to make it look better but you know it's it probably helped because of the art style of the game it's not supposed to look super realistic but because of all that voodoo that the xbox does to upscale it and make it more modern that looks really really good and it plays really really well i've got to say like i'm i'm, I'm enjoying it again i've forgotten how how good the sense of humor it's, it's typical tim schafer it's got a really good sense of humor um and a, a kind of a slightly monty python-esque vibe to the humor in it um you know and I, i've been really enjoying it I'm, I'm not far into it i've only played a couple of hours but yeah i really really like it i i, I, I it's, it's sort of pumped me up for psychonauts 2 coming along as well for sure you know like it looks you know that just looks like a bigger better version of psychonauts so mm. yeah 
I'm down for a bit of that. That's all, all fun and games. I'm sure there was something else, but as usual, I've completely forgotten what it is. <laughs> so it doesn't matter too much. And I ain't going to go on for hours. I think I've covered what I've done this week fairly comprehensively. So over to whoever is next, sir. Lovely. Thank you. And the speediest of us all, Mr. Speed Freak Phil. What have you been up to, mate? Probably not the most complimentary comment, but sure, it's my own fault. It's my game <laughs> it depends attack. In, it depends on what reference you're talking, I suppose. <laughs> that is true. Running from the police, probably beneficial, I imagine. Yes. Why uh, would you need to be running from the police, Phil? Um, you know, I don't just, know. I wouldn't just, just, be. Just, just, just why would you? I'm, I'm confused here. Why, why in, would that be the Grand first Theft thing? Auto. Uh, yes, why would that, that be the first thing that comes to your head when someone says, you know, you're like, uh, yeah, if I need to run from the police, it's like <laughs> guilty conscience or what right there, I feel, you know? <laughs> Well, because I think anything else would dig me a sufficiently deeper hole than that. So let's go with that. Uh, anyway, moving on from potential outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> you said, what have I been up to this week? So I'm going to do... I'm going to start with the TV that I've been watching this week. So I've been, I've been talking to you guys about the Clone Wars, I think, over the last few episodes. And particularly, Craig, I've been bending your ear on it, saying you need mm. to watch it because there's some, some fantastic kind of story filler in there where it fills in the background around things like order 66 and what happens to ahsoka and things between that and mandalorian um and i finished that and that was really good so i then started watching star wars the rebels and i tried mm. a couple of times in the past to watch that particularly when it was quite new and i hadn't really gelled with it i didn't really didn't really get the star wars buzz and then i saw a little clip floating around on youtube of obi-wan kenobi fighting somebody that I don't want to spoil. Actually, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, and I was like, oh, I remember that. That looks badass. I need to watch that. And then I sort of did a little bit of research and turned out it was in The Rebels. I was like, right, I'm just going to mainline The Rebels. There's four seasons of it. I've done it in about two weeks. And you know what? First season again starts okay. There's some background filler on the characters. Not amazing. Has a couple of good episodes. Season two picks up. You have a few more good episodes with some bloat in the middle. Season three and four, though, are really good, and I've thoroughly enjoyed them. They have, it's, do you know what they've got? One of the best bad guys I've ever across, I've come across. He's called Grand Admiral Thrall. Or yeah, Thrawn. Yeah, Thrawn. Thrawn, isn't it? Yeah, Thrawn, Thrawn, I think yeah. it is. Grand yeah, Thrawn, and he's yeah. blue with bright red eyes. I mean, he looks like a bad guy. Like, You'd see him in a dark or light alley, but I do not want to mess with that dude. And then you realize he's an absolute badass when you see him sparring with effectively like upgraded dark troopers. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, that guy's a badass. Like, he should be some kind of Sith Lord. Fortunately, he's not. So there's no spoilers <laughs> in there, but he's awesome. Um, yeah. And yes, then there's some really cool stuff that sort of, um, particularly in the later seasons, that set it's, it's kind of like episode six in, a, in and around like the rebel rising of the rebellion in there and you see a lot more of uh councillor uh or Ch organa see the yeah. senator organa yeah. yeah you see some more stuff about that and his interaction with the uh with the the rebels and stuff like that and the rebel alliance and like sending funds over there and things like that and giving them ships and stuff and it's quite interesting again how he supports the rebels I'm going to assume that's not a surprise to anyone because the statute of limitations in episode six is well and truly up by this point. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know that, you're probably just not a Star Wars fan and don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been sense. really enjoying that. Uh, again, the last couple of seasons are really find their feet and they're really good. Mm. The last episode is a fantastic closure of season four, so I can recommend it to you, Craig, because mm. it doesn't leave it on a cliffhanger. Oh, mate, I'd see, that's the thing, right? Just to kind of fill you in the conversation we've been having, Ratley, around the Clone Wars is, you know... 
I, I feel bad because I'm a Star Wars fan, but the Clone Wars, I really, really struggle with. Um, and I've been tr I try at different points to get into it, and I find it so incredibly boring. It's like watching <laughs> a serialized version of the Clone Wars, like episode two, the boring parts of it. It just, I, I really struggle to get into it. Um, and we keep trying to find spots for me to jump in, don't we, Phil? Where you say, yeah. oh, these are a little bit boring at the start, but it gets better here. And I think we may have cracked it. I need to start maybe at halfway through season three or four, I think season it was. Four. Season, season four. Season four. The yeah. bit where you sort of start seeing the background of Darth Maul and uh, it leads in nicely to why you see him at the end of the solo movie. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to say anymore. I, I, I was going to say that, that, that I, I, I can, can understand where you're coming from, but I kind of feel like it'll just hit better if you watch all of it. And I know that mm. you know, you're struggling with it, but I think you might just need to grit your teeth, get through it, and go. Do you know what? There are going to be there are there are great episodes in there, and there are. It's not the best Star Wars, you know, because mm. you know it's, it's. But it's not bad Star Wars. It's just. The trouble, I think the biggest problem with it is, is there's so much Star Wars and you've got so much choice that why would you watch the the not as great Star Wars when you could just watch the good mm. Star Wars? Mm. Do you know what I mean, whether it be you watch the Bad Bunch or you watch, um, you know, uh, Rebels or you just watch one of the movies, I, you know, I I don't, I, that, I think that's the issue of it is you've got options, so many yeah. options, mm. you know, that, that why would you, you know, why mm. wouldn't you just, just well, dive not. into some good stuff? I've watched The Bad Batch or I'm watching The Bad, Bad Batch with the kids mm. and that is brilliant. I'm really mm. into that. It's fantastic stuff. Well, there's a lot and more for that. Do you know in, what? Like, in, yes, which is in, what films Clone yeah. Wars at the and end, yeah. Just, yeah. Getting towards the end of Clone Wars, the last couple of seasons, is very much like watching The Bad Batch and I'm trying to get to that point where it becomes more like that and less... Do you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you what I think this yeah. is. The conversation we briefly had, Craig, is that, you know, when you get a series, a TV show, and it's like 24 episodes long, mm. and realistically, of the 24 episodes, 10 to 12 of the episodes are really good key story, and the rest is almost like sort of bloated filler, mm. and that's <laughs> what you're getting with, like, seasons one to four of The Clone Wars. It's like, there's the really good story stuff they want to put in is sort of metered out in the season and then the other stuff is the filler to give them enough episodes to pad it out and what you find is as you go further through they figured out that basically people just don't want the filler so mm. like for example the mandalorian almost every episode is brilliant but it's only like 10 episodes mm. now if that had been a tv series made 10 years ago that would have been 24 episodes mm. and the same 10 episodes that are brilliant would have been in there and it had been some absolute bloat in the middle that you'd be like oh this is tripe and mm. I think maybe it's just that realisation that there is so much content out there now that they're making stuff smaller and they're just hitting you with the good stuff. I think it's it's also really rare you see a show that can maintain that kind of quality for like the majority of its episodes. And I always hearken on to Battlestar because Battlestar is a really good example of being mm. the majority of it being very, 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 very good. They, yes, I'm not going to say it's all brilliant. There are a couple of... of I mean, it's all great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's particularly great, in the middle, they lose their there's way. Some bits where it kind of goes, oh, it's a little bit wobbly here. Like, and the problem with Battlestar isn't that the episodes are bad; it's that the episodes aren't as good as other episodes of Battlestar. And when your bar is that high, it'd be like the Mandalorian. If the Mandalorian had subpar episodes; they immediately stand out because the rest of it's so good. And that's the problem with Battlestar has. So, and I think yeah, the Mandalorian is a great example where, like you say, Phil, by keeping it like short, short size, they yeah, just, just, with just the telling stuff. what they need to tell. You know, they, they've helped that series so much by doing that. We get, you know, we can get more invested in the characters we need to get invested in. We don't get this overblow of people just running run in and out all the time. You know, it, it's, it's great. And I think, yeah, like, like you say, like, I think 
there's maybe a way to do that with the Clone Wars, but I do think there's a lot of good in the Clone Wars. You just got to kind of mm-hmm. dig for it. Is the problem? It's you definitely know? later on though. Like, I, yeah, it improves. Oh yeah, it improves the first. Too. You could skip the first three seasons, right, and start on season four, and yeah, you wouldn't you could miss entirely. Skip it. it, it it's it's well, all right. Okay, you there's could. Defi- there's definitely some episodes you should watch, but you would. Yeah, yeah there's definitely some episodes you should watch, but you could watch it from season four, and you'd probably still get the same enjoyment. You particularly would, Craig. So that's my kind of recommendation. You can do what you want, Craig. You can do what you want, really, yeah. can't you? <laughs> you can just ignore it and not watch it, and you don't have to listen to anything that yeah. we've said. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about a couple of games I played this week as well. I was only going to talk about one, but then I remembered I actually started playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider um, because I I was really trying to find, I couldn't find something I wanted to play and I was really struggling. I was like, I'll go back and play this game. And I remembered I'd never finished that. So Mm. I thought, you know what? I'm going to jump back in. And that was the game that NVIDIA demoed ray tracing with. Like, all the years ago, when they first announced the RTX cards, they that scene when you're in this um, market, it's like a it's a market scene, and mm. there's like neon lights, and there's a disco, and there's people dancing, and it's just it was amazing, and all the soft shadows and bits on there. I was like, I wonder what kind of upgrades they've done for the Series X. I'm saddened to report they haven't done a ray tracing update for it, which I thought they would, but Xbox have worked their magic with the FPS boost, so you can now have the quality graphics mode and 60 frames per second. I'll nice. tell you what. That game looks like it came out this year. Mm-hmm. That game, it's a pretty is game, absolutely, it's a really pretty game. It's amazing, like the detail in her face and expressions. I'll tell you what, it's got a banging photo mode as well. There's like <laughs> poses and facial expressions and filters. It's like it's like the one they put in Mass Effect as well, mental. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, do you know what? The, the gameplay it still holds up. It's got some really cool kind of stealth bits in there. And because it's the third one, if you haven't played it, she is absolutely brutal. I mean, she has no qualm stabbing somebody in the face with a pickaxe. <laughs> <laughs> Just proper <laughs> Lara Croft. Yeah. So I, played, I think I did about three hours of that game. I think I don't know if I. I must have had it on a trial or something. Or yeah, they did no, a trial. It was on Game Pass for a little while. Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay. I played a bit, and then I put it down and went back to pick it up again, and it had gone. <laughs> so I never got to finish it. So, And I keep looking to see when it comes yeah. on sale. For the, for the pair of you, I would recommend you both play it on PC, because you both have RTX graphics cards. Mm. And mm. on PC, you must be you should be able to pick that up for under a tenner now. I mean, it's three years old, and it's Square Enix. They just mm. discount the arse out of everything once they've sold what they think they can. <laughs> I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you how much it is if you want. Uh, <laughs> I bet you. Dirt- I bet it is dirty cheap for a game of that kind of quality. I can imagine. Okay, yeah, the Tomb Raider games always get the. Uh, I think that's been. I never picked up Shadow because I play. I started to play Rise and never finished it. Even though I loved the first one, I thought the first one was like like one of the best yeah, games yeah. I played of the previous Rise generation. Was, mm. Rise was yeah. even better. They really yeah, did a good job right. of Rise of the Tomb I really Raider. enjoyed what I played of it, but it, it's just one of these things. That I don't know why I never got more more through it. Mm. Um, it's brilliant, and again, don't get me wrong. Like, it's, it's not. I think it's just. It's just like one of those things where, like you said, I put it down for some reason, and I just never got around to going back, back to it. it. But I've got it. I own it, so I can play it whenever I want. Mm, um, yeah. But it's I, same I thing for me. I, like, I, I played tw- like 10, 15 hours into it, put it down, probably at the same time Craig did to play something else that came out that was multiplayer, and then I only just thought about picking it back up. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, highly recommend dropping in on that, particularly if you have an RTX card, if you're on Xbox Core, Series X. You're not going to believe got- this, Phil. You're not going to believe this, but on Steam for the definitive edition, it is actually like 30 quid. <gasps> Ooh. 
It's 30 quid on Steam. Can you I mean, in fairness, there was a Steam sale about two weeks ago. So I was going to say, like it's the one on week where it's full price in between the rest of the time where it's on sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a DFS sale, that one, for Square Enix <laughs> exactly games. That, yeah. <laughs> I bet if I, load up, if, I, if I load up good old games or something, it'll be there for like 5p yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Probably, yeah. It'll go free on Epic at some point in the near future. 5p! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I remember buying a game. I can't remember it was for 17p once. And I was like, you know what? For 17 pence, I will give this a go. And it, it was like, ah, whatever. And I can't remember it was, but I was like, yeah, that'll do. Yeah, it's one of those stupid Steam sales. I was like, 17p? Yep, done. Oh, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest, at 17 pence, you've got your money's worth if it boots up and looks all right. <laughs> but if you don't play it. If you look on um, CD keys, you can still pick up Assassin's Creed Unity for 99p. They must have so many copies of that game. I remember buying a game on CD keys about two years ago and them going, congratulations, here's your free copy of Assassin's yes. Creed Unity. And they go, That's exactly I don't want happened. that, I've already got it. That's exactly what happened. I, I remember discussing it for Sherman because we were game show at the time. I was like, I want to buy this Need for Speed game, but if we buy it, we get Assassin's Creed Unity yeah. for free. Yeah. And he was like, oh, go on then. Because it was only like, 12 quid for the Need for Speed game I wanted. Yeah, I think I gave it to my nephew, I think, in the end. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Anyway, carry on, mate. That's all good. And the last game, I, do you know, I have dipped back into Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So a good friend of mine and Craig's, who shall be known as Combat Cam. <laughs> With, that's a PlayStation. With a K. With a K, yeah. Because... <laughs> Let's not go down that route by the case. But yeah, basically, um, he was well into it. He loves his Milsim stuff. And me and Craig were like, yeah, we could go for that. So we went in on super hardcore mode, like turned off the HUD, turned, like put the enemy difficulty in extreme, like you've only got one weapon. Uh, we were going with proper insertions, like drop in at a, um, like one of the bivouacs, and then we were going to like hoof it there about two kilometers mm. to, the, uh, to the point. Cam was getting up on the ridge with his sniper rifle. Me and Craig were getting in close. And do you know what? It was hard, but it was really good fun. And then we had some mm. awesome moments where Cam was providing like fire support from the ridge and like taking out drones for us and stuff. It was brilliant fun. Mm. And they have done such a good job turning what was an absolute crapshoot of a game into something that is genuinely an enjoyable experience. Like you turn off the gear score, that fixes a lot of the problems. But they've now added like the AI teammates in. Do you know? I was actually reading there is another update for the AI teammates due at the end of this year. Um, I think it was either October or November time. They're dropping a, a 4.0 update on the teammates. They're going to have there's going to be more teammates. They're going to have more skills. Um, you're going to be able to. They're adding an even bigger skill tree purely for the teammates to customize mm. how they play as well. Um, one of the things I'm hoping is there'll be an option where you can then force the teammates to trigger their special abilities. So like um, Fury has this really cool like because she's a sniper, you can throw in like a, an intel grenade basically that scans all the enemies for you and they come up in red and you can see them through the walls and stuff. And when you're playing on hardcore mode, that is brilliant it's like the best skill <laughs> get in there tag them up use the team sort of take them out yeah so yeah I've one, got, of the, I've been... one of the little little skills that they added in that just as a game changer for me was the ability to be able to throw a bullet casing to distract <laughs> enemies it's such a simple thing but when you're playing a game you're trying to stealthily sneak into a base at night under the cover of a thunderstorm you know you're dressed in black balaclavas and you can just go bing and they're like, huh? And they go and take him from behind. Quality. Love it. <laughs> yeah, Craig went on a murderous rampage, stabbing anyone who followed his bullet casings. <laughs> and he just Love giggled it. down the microphone. He was loving it. So, yeah, you know, that that is my week in a sense. You know, I, again, Breakpoint, it's one of those things. It is 
dirty cheap again to buy i mean i think on playstation it's 15 quid on xbox it's probably about 12 quid and on pc i imagine good old games will have it for like 17 pence or something you know it did not sell well <laughs> the gold but... standard of games is it 17p or above or below? Yeah. <laughs> if it is yeah. you can buy it but you know, that game and you know what? they added some stuff with like the darkest night as well because the night shine was always too bright they've done so many changes to that game in terms of after after game well, support they basically I would... undid all the problems they made from from wildlands i mean wildlands was no means perfect but like talk about square peg round hole that whole gear score nonsense like i we've talked about this before like I, as a big division i just looked at it and went i've got the division why do i why do i need this why do i want this what the hell i want wildlands to be the more tactical the more more realistic yeah. Yeah. You, know, you want that you want that what, drop in and out. Like I don't want to have to grind to go and play it. I want exactly, to go in there yeah, exactly mill spec style. You know, I want to sneak my way in. I want fire support. I want drones and you know yeah. what? And then and, I'm gonna turn it off. I'm gonna come back in a week's time and I'm gonna pick up where I left off. Yeah, and as much as like you might want to limit equipment in the early stages to, to give the story some cohesion or whatever, yeah, that's fine. But don't you know like one of the good things about way well Wildlands played was you got to choose how to unlock certain things and how you spec'd up because you would go find things relevant to what you needed. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was, you know, about informing the way you played, but you still had to build your character. You didn't just like instantly become uber powerful the same. And then it just, it just didn't make any sense that, that change we've talked, we've talked about it loads though. So mm. there's no point banging that, that, that flogging that dead horse. It was, it really was just the stupidest choice there, wasn't it? So what they've done is unmess up their game. Yeah. Which credit to Ubisoft, at least they have. They didn't just abandon it like they most stuck with it. In, like they, they used stuck to with it. Mm. And I think, yeah. you know, I would now recommend that game to anybody. I'm quite happy to recommend it because I, they've done a lot of work. I, I really enjoyed my time playing it. Sweet. Lovely job. Well, thank you very much. I'll take it. That's the end there. You finished. It was soup done. It was zip done. I believe it's over to you. Other so, than yeah, Mr. Craig, what have, what have you been doing? <laughs> what have I been doing? Well, what have I been doing indeed? Now, I've been pretty busy, um, you know, with sort of work stuff and I picked up a new car and all that kind of stuff. So I've had a lot going on, but I have a few things I've managed to dip into. I've not been doing a huge amount of gaming. Um, I have, however, picked up the DLC for a game that I know you love, Mr. Ratley, which is uh, A Streets of Rage 4. Ooh, yes. I didn't even know there was DLC till you said it the other day, and I was like, I need to check that out. It's Mate, it's uh, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty impressed with it so far. It's it's not like a, it's not got kind of extra story or anything. Not that you could really say Street Fighter has story, <laughs> um, but it's got this really great simulate uh, simulation mode, which is like a survival. So you can see okay. it on the screen here, where effectively you could you've got these new characters as well. You can jump into an area up to four player co op again, um, and you have one life. And you fight through a bunch of enemies, and then it will give you an option for a different power-up at the end, whether that be um, okay. extra damage resistance, or when you do a special attack, it deals fire damage, or right. it can be various different things. And you carry that through, to, and you have to get as far as you can, so as many rounds as possible. There's and a swordfish weapon. Sorry. Just oh, yes. Just out. There's oh, a yes. I was <laughs> impressed by the swordfish. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and the fact that you can play as the uh, the lady cop that you can see there, who is mm. pretty awesome. You can play as Max the wrestler from Streets of Rage 2. Um, and you can also play as Shiva, who, who is the kind of kung fu master type yep. guy. He's uh, one of the bosses on sort of, I think, maybe the third, fourth level. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, they're so. really, really cool to play with. And still loads more sort of unlocks to do that. Yeah, loads more weapons. And it's like five quid. 
So um, it's fantastic. And I mean, for me, I picked the game up on uh, Game Pass. So I didn't even pay for the game as well. So I was more than happy to spend what was basically some of my reward points on that DLC. Um, so, yeah, get it downloaded, Ratley. We'll have to have a blast on that. And I'll have a look at it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, well worth doing. So um, other than that, I've just... Uh, I've been watching Loki, um, so I don't know. I know Chris, you're pretty burnt out on Marvel stuff. You've not been not touched into that, have you? It's, it's a, I will watch it, but I'm not in any rush to watch it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a bit like that. That comes under the same one as um, uh, the previous series. I can't remember the name of now. Which uh, one division? One division. Yeah, I still yeah. want to watch that, but I'm not. I'm not in any rush to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not in any rush to watch the movie. So therefore, you know, it's like no, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Have you seen it, Phil? Have you got right to the end? So. Or? I have got one episode left to go. I was actually watching okay. it earlier today, but it was right. so fresh. I didn't, and I hadn't finished it. I didn't want to talk about it tonight, but yeah, I will yeah. talk about it because you've brought the subject. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. It's and uh, you know I mean, what? Go on. I was to say it's brilliant. Yeah, I love the storytelling in Loki. It's so good. It's mm. so engaging, and it's so different from other Marvel. It's 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 done another one division, hasn't it? Mm. Something so completely out of the blue, and I just. I really enjoyed it. I loved all the different Lokis. I like the fact they don't look the same. I didn't yeah. see that coming. Yeah. I was like, oh, it'd just be like Tom Hiddleston playing like 20 roles and then they're all different. I particularly yeah. love well, the careful old what you're, careful for what you're going to say though because obviously it is a bit of a spoiler for people who haven't watched it. Yeah. So, so yeah, just... just, just it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've kind of read it, but basically, old guy Loki. Yeah. He's hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I like it's you know it's it is the introduction of the multiverse. We had a touch of that, didn't we, in One Division? But this has gone full bore. This is effectively again. This isn't spoilers, but this is you know we all know what it's about, Loki. You know, it's all this different stuff from the trailers. Um, but this is the beginning and the setup of the rest of the phases of the movies. They're all hinging on what's happened out of Loki. Um, and this isn't a spoiler, uh, but there is a season two of Loki coming as well, which is the first time they've done that on one of their Marvel series, which is really cool. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's it's the perfect one to do it on because they can just do so much with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you haven't watched it, it's definitely worth getting stuck in. Um, it is, I think, my favourite of the three they've done for Marvel so far. I don't know what you think. It's another, it's another great example of a really short, concise TV series. It's what mm. si it's only six episodes, but every episode is absolute gold. There's no yeah. bloat or filler in there at all. Yeah. And it's just another example, like you know, uh, One Division again was what eight episodes, really short, concise, mm. bit of a it's, weird yeah, start. I, I'll be honest it's, with it's, you, but. The, yeah, the thing which I've heard from all of this, like uh, in terms of for people who have watched it, is they just set out to tell a story. It's almost like they just took a movie and went right, split it up into episodes yeah, instead yeah, of going. Yeah, instead of going like you know, we need to make a twelve-episode series and filling it out. And I, I've always said I just wish more people would focus on telling the story they want to tell. Mm. Like, and it's and it's whatever length it is. So you know, whether it be a a one-hour and twenty-minute film or whether it be a four-hour movie like Justice League was. Mm. Yeah, those. There's, I mean, there's, there's room in between all of that. But the story is the story, and it has its length. I mean, you could have trimmed Justice League down, where we've already said this, but you know there is a there is a point where you just need to go right. This is the story. This is its length. And if we if we take take it shorter, we we disservice it by cutting too much out. And if we take it longer, we disservice it by just filling it full of nonsense that doesn't need to be there. You know, and that's the way that I will say this for Marvel. At least they are fairly aware of how long their films are because that's how long the stories are. Yeah. You know, I wish we could say the same for certain other. Yeah. superhero movies that are run by some other <laughs> stupid company that doesn't understand what it's got but you know what do i know you know yeah. so yeah a credit to marvel they they, they, they just set out to tell stories and that's i mean it's, that's, that's, i think that's also a lot of disney's influence disney are very good at 
pacing their their films always yeah. have been, you know. And I think that's definitely that 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 length of storytelling and in, in movies has really helped Marvel in that mm. respect by having that that Disney oversight and going, look, they have I to think, be as long as they have to be yeah. almost. Well, it's yeah. weird that they, I say that, but they've really dropped the ball with Star Wars movies in terms of longing them out or <laughs> keeping them too short. You know, uh, with the last three, to be fair. I mean, the only one that really worked for me was the first one of the three. Yeah, Force you know, Awakens, yeah. Force Awakens was great. Um, it, I think the Return of Skywalker was okay, but that was in a weird situation where it was it felt too long for the story we were trying to tell, but it felt like there was a story they needed to tell that wasn't in it, so it needed to be longer. But it's almost like Disney yeah. lost a bottle to make it longer and put all that stuff in there. So it got kind of just a bit of a mess. Do you know? It's I don't know. It, it just ended up being like nine ended up basically being damage control for eight, didn't it? Yeah. Like all the stuff 100%, they didn't, 100%. all the stuff they should have put in eight had to be squashed into nine. And that's why, like mm. ridiculous as it is, what they need is like a 9.5 or something. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause eight also just, took too long to get where it wanted to go. Yeah. It paced mm. really badly. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to get into eight because eight's a very, yeah. very, very toxic area and you can get really messed up. Uh, needless to say, I'll just say I wasn't a fan, but that's besides the point. Yeah. But that's the only time I think in, in that I can recall with Disney movies where I can really say that the pacing felt off and mm. the story came secondary to like almost like the second the story became second to we need to make it like Empire and like have the big mm. switcheroo or the or the unexpected thing happen. You know, that they got too caught up in that and not not focusing on the story they were trying to tell, which is yeah. I think the only time I can say that Disney, to be fair, because Disney usually are mm. really laser focused on making a great film that will just just fill cinemas again and again hopefully, and again. Hopefully with Dave Filoni kind of moving into that position yeah. that kind of Kevin Feige feels for Marvel, mm. we'll start to see that coherence come in with Yeah, I, I, I mean, if, if he brings that laser focus the Mandalorian's got mm. to the movies, we're, we're laughing, right? So yeah, let's just yeah. hope that we get more of the Mandalorian, you yeah. know, that quality. Because yeah. uh, Filoni you know, did I a can... lot of the... Um... Did a lot of the Clone War stuff as well, didn't he? Towards yes. the end, and the Rebels as well. Well, so. he was he wasn't he in charge of like the the universe coherency and like the yeah, rules yeah. essentially, wasn't he? Yeah. So, mm. you know, he's he's the man we need in charge at the end of the day. So, yeah, good I stuff. can imagine him going up to Feige and saying, um, "I imagine it's really really difficult to kind of you know get this coherency and, and get this really great coherent storytelling." And I can imagine Feige, Feige saying, uh, "No, not at all. Barely an inconvenience." Anyway, yeah. there's a little, uh, <laughs> there's a little barely an inconvenience. <laughs> There's a little drop in there for people who know what that is. Um, <laughs> Love it. Doing YouTube crossovers now. Yeah. Um, and finally, I just wanted to touch on one little thing that uh, um, I watched this afternoon with the boys. Um, they were dead keen to watch it. And although I think I've said on previous episodes, I wasn't overly happy with the um, expensive rental systems we're doing where things, you know, from the cinema um i kind of thought to myself right there's four of us watching it it's 20 quid it's a fiver each and so i went ahead and did it and picked up um the rental copy of black widow so have you boys seen black widow yet no no okay right um well i mean obviously i can't i won't do any spoilers at all um to be fair, you should do any spoilers anyway. It's like literally come out this way. No, of course, of course, yeah. No, 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 of course, yeah. Um, but, um, okay, all I'll say, like, am I glad I spent 20 quid on it? No. Um, <laughs> um, it, oh, that's a ringing endorsement of ever I've heard one. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's like, it feels like there's certain points in it. It starts off really good. It starts, I was watching it going, I'm watching a Bourne movie with a female lead. That's basically what I'm watching at the moment. And it was a really good start. 
gets into the middle, completely loses its way, and the end is just like, what is going on? Um, it just completely, yeah, after about a th third of the way through the movie, it just completely goes haywire for me. Um, a real missed opportunity, because there's some great people in there, um, and some great characters as well. Things like Tar Taskmaster, massively underutilised. What a great villain character. And, yeah, it's just like, well, they're just going, who can we throw in there? Oh, we'll chuck Taskmaster in. So um, it's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie either. It's one of it's one of Marvel's poorer entries, I would say. Um, but having said that, <laughs> Marvel's poorer entries are still um, quite a bit better than a lot of films that come out. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's I'd maybe wait until it's not twenty quid to rent. I'd, I'd heard I'd heard the ending is a big disappointment for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people said, the ending just is, is a, not only is it a mess, but there's apparently like whatever the bad guy, whoever the bad guy is, because I don't know. Apparently, mm -hmm. it kind of just like happens, and you just kind of go, "Oh, well, that was a thing then." Uh, and it's like, I'll tell you what Chris like, said. Yeah. Chris said to me, she turns around, because obviously there's a post-credit sequence. There's yeah. always a post-credit sequence. And that happened. She went, well, that post-credit sequence was more interesting than the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit harsh, but you're probably right, actually. <laughs> it, 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 I think my reluctance with it is, it's not that I didn't want to see a Black Widow movie. I was mm. pumped for a Black Widow movie, but 10 years ago, mm. you know, or, or five years ago, I don't, you know, this feels like the, they've got to that point with, with Black Widow where they've killed her off in the main, you know, spoiler alert, in the main mm. saga. And then they've kind of gone, people like Black Widow. Maybe we should make a movie with Black Widow. And they've kind of just like kind of rolled a movie together instead mm. of focusing on making that a great movie. I don't know. It just, from the minute I heard about it, I was like, it just felt like not a bad idea per se, but kind of bad timing for an idea yeah. almost. It was like, it felt like a cash in. And they, I, and so yeah, they should have put it in in the right place in the timeline. You know, it's, I mean, again, yeah. this isn't a spoiler. You, it, you know, it's only, it's in sort of around the Civil War time, you know, just after mm. Captain America's Civil War. If they'd have done the film then, yeah, you know, but a great place to put it. But yeah, it was just, felt, I know what you mean, feel shoehorned in to just kind of go, yeah, yeah. And I think this is it's kind of my feeling with, with the Marvel Universe, like especially with Loki, WandaVision. I know that they've gone somewhere with it, but they just felt like, oh, you know, we'll kill them off here and then bring them back here to, to sell some more tickets or some more mm. toys or whatever, you know? And, you know, because as much as I just praise Disney, what one thing you can never... Disney, it's like, oh, what do you want to do? We want to make money. We want to sell <laughs> things and make money. Yeah. Find me a way to do it. Which which character haven't we flogged enough dolls of? Make a movie <laughs> of them. Do it now. <laughs> You know, yeah. Money, money, money. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. And if they don't sell enough dolls, they're going to sell you the 3D print for it, Chris. So they're still making money. So. <laughs> oh, no chance stuff. Disney will ever sell a 3D print file, mate. Not a hope mm, in hell. No, Disney no, will no, ever no. do that. No, no, I don't think so. Cool, great, right. Well, thank you guys for filling us in what you've been up to. Um, time to move over to the news. So this week we're going to start off with quite a Big chonka news coming out, um, and that is yeah, chonka chonka. That is the uh, Steam Deck that has been announced by Valve. Um, so it was done announced through the IGN first um, through their IGN uh, website, and it's a new handheld PC stroke game console stroke Switch alike um, that's uh, due out in December. Uh, so it's quite. I mean, whenever a console stroke new piece of tech comes out, it's always interesting, and exciting, and it's and it always uh, gets people talking. So I kind of wanted to go through the specs and then pose a bit of a question to you guys if you don't mind so um and i guess the specs are kind of to let everyone at home know as well really so it's got a custom amd apu based on the zen 2 and rdna 2 architecture kind of glad alan isn't here right now because he would be falling asleep um the uh <laughs> 
It's got a four-core, eight-thread CPU and a GPU running eight compute units. Um, it's got a CPU running between 2.4 and 3.5 gigahertz and roughly 1.6 teraflops from the GPU. So it kind of puts it kind of Xbox One, PS4, you know, teraflop-wise. Mm-hmm. It's got 16 gig of low-power DDR5 RAM, which is, you know, real fast RAM, a seven-inch 1280 by 800 display um 64 there's a 64 gig version which just has a standard kind of mmc solid state storage um card in it which is 349 pounds i think it's 399 in dollars they then do an upgraded version at 256 um uh, gig which is an nvme drive so it will be much faster in terms of its loading and that's at 459 and then they do the 512 gig nvme model at 569 so a bit of a price jump there but obviously you're going to get that improved performance from it so i think we'd, we'd obviously when this first came out we sent the information out on our little whatsapp group and you know rats to pose the infamous ever known question of who is it for and I think it's a great way to kind of start from it, really. And I wanted to go straight to you, Mr. Ratley, and kind of let's just just what what are your thoughts on it? You know, what what do you think? Because so, it's now you've um, had a bit of time to digest it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I mean, uh, it's a it's a really impressive piece of technology. Let's just mm. start there. Like, it's really amazing that we're now getting to that point where, you know, they were very, very, very specific in the video talking about this. Is like this is a handheld PC. This isn't like a you know anything else this is a pc you can do what you want with it it's got all the relevant you know ports etc it's a pc you can run all your peripherals off of it It plugs into monitors does all that stuff you can download different os's you can do this that, and the other it's it's a pc you know and i was like yeah it's a really impressive piece of tech like i like the the look of it it's a little big but that's to be kind of expected when you're dealing with this kind of tech um i think that it's it's one of these things where like I just keep looking at it going, it's really impressive, but I just don't see any kind of use for it at mm. all. I've got a really high power laptop and I I cannot figure how having a switch as well and my Series X and my laptop, where it fits into my game flow at all. So mm. if I want to game, I'm, I'm probably not going to play Doom Eternal on a train as 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 horrible as that sounds to the to the to the to the thing because because i think there'd be a real bad case on your switch anyway can't you but yeah yeah but i'm talking like proper doom eternal Mm. um not switch doom eternal where they've like kind of gimped it hard i mean to be fair though that's impressive they got doom eternal running on the switch to be fair to to id i mean that is that is really impressive um yeah the uh you know as, as a piece of tech i'm really impressed with it i just can't see a use case for it for myself and everybody I know has said the exact same thing of like, wow, that's super impressive, but I just don't see a value, a point where it would be of any real use to me. Mm. The only person who's raised a question about something that could be used for it is if it can run VR well, you could basically like stick it on your back and have a wire to your VR headset and that's a <laughs> VR machine. And I was yeah. like, that's a really cool, that's a really cool idea. Having like a pouch on your back, have a walk in VR machine that frees up the VR a lot. Um, I'm, I'm also, I hate the lowest spec machine, not because I don't think it's going to be capable, but I think it's one of these things where not only is it an MMC drive, not an, SA, an MVME drive, but they've also, they've de, the screen on it is a lower quality because it hasn't got the glare resistance and scratch resistance, which is... Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I missed that. Rubbish. I hate it. I absolutely hate it when companies do this. They offer you a cheaper model, but like gimp the hell out of it so that it isn't worth having. Yeah, there essentially it's like don't don't give me a model which is like where I'm compromising on so much stuff that it isn't worth buying. You know, mm. 
if you if your entry point is the two is the two fifty six MVNE drive, which it really is, let's face it, make it. That's the that's the entry point. You only made it three fifty and cut the ass out of the specs and bottomed it out just so you could compete with Switch. And I don't think this is a Switch competitor. It looks like a Switch, sure, but the Switch. It's a Nintendo console, and Nintendo consoles are going to sell because look at the minute, it's still the best selling console mm. at the moment. And yes, it's got better supply than the others, but it's selling because it's a Switch, not because it's you know the most powerful. And, and if you're going after Switch customers with power, you're going after the wrong crew because people aren't buying Switches because they're powerful, mm. you know. And you know, that's that's the bottom line. I, I really like it, I just can't see a use case mm. for it. I, I, to, I, I, but I love, I love that it exists. I want to be really yeah. clear. About it. I really love mm. because the potential this opens up where gaming can go is massive, and I love that. But mm. I just don't think this is quite it. Yeah, I just want to touch on that point you said about the kind of the, the that entry level price, you know, that that mm. low price point. And I mean, it's kind of what Xbox did with the Series S in a way. You know, they yeah. took the took the drive at it, they chopped it down a little bit. It doesn't have the full resolution and stuff, so it's got that entry point to a market and. One person, the customer that comes into my mind immediately is my son, Josh. Yep. So he was sat with me when I was watching. He was like, wow, Dad, so you can use it as a proper PC and I can use it like I use my Switch. I was like, yeah, he goes, oh, can I sell my Switch and then maybe get one of them for Christmas? And he was so pumped about it because he's always wanted a PC like his brother. Mm. And he's getting to that age where maybe he might need one. Um, and it is, effectively, you get a USB-C dock, it is a just a basic low-powered PC. You can put Windows on it if you want and mm. stuff like that. Um, and it's kind of, and, and I get what you're saying, is that there's the smaller storage and, you know, the the lower well, it's, quality screen. It's, like smaller, stuff, it's in, it, inferior as well. And the screen is massively inferior. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, it's just, it's just but, yeah. but for Josh, someone like Josh, like yeah. he's not good and and i think they are targeting they're not targeting you or me with that yeah. basically because we look at that and go yeah and there's no way i'm getting a 64 gig i'll put one game on it what like i need to get a big you know and stuff like that I, but i also think that's a really like for him that's a poor experience i don't think it's fair yeah. to tempt him in with an inferior device just because you want to sell more units um mm. You know, I just I, I don't don't I don't see that as a a fair business model to your consumers. Yes, absolutely, people want to buy it, and I'm not going to say they won't. But yeah. but I don't think it is a fair thing to do to your customers to massively gimp your system and 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 sell it as if it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, because Microsoft don't sell the Series S as the same thing as the Series X. They're very clear that it's a lower powered system, and you are getting a 1080p machine or a 1440p machine instead of the 4K machine. They've been very clear about that. Valve aren't doing that. Valve are saying, "Hey, it's the same thing, but cheaper," mm. and that's not what the case at all. We know that. You know, and it's very similar. I think that's jumping to a conclusion a bit initially because it's barely been announced. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but they, and yeah, they like, should be very clear about the big differences. Yeah, initially when the Series S was announced, it was going to be a 1440p. I don't think a 1440p, but as now it's come out, it's not. It's 1080p. And for, and It'll probably, so things I think, change. I've got a funny feeling with a lot of the resolution we're talking about with the modern consoles, and it might even be some of the stuff in this, is DLSS has a lot to play with that. Mm. Or when we get that super version, we'll see resolution increases because that's yeah. the super resolution for AMD actually got shown off recently. And apparently it's got massive resolution gains yeah um over previous ones but it's it's, it's not quite as crisp as yeah. the lss but anyway anyway my we'll point, my point isn't the actual kind of performance of it yeah. it's more it's the way that it's sold and yeah, i think i mean I, I get it i mean maybe i'm being harsh but, yeah. but i don't i don't yeah. think it was a very I, th I think it was a bit underhand to that that just screams of cutting the backside out your product to to make it a price point because you can't get it to the price point you want mm -hmm. and i don't think that's the way you should do it that would be like selling a series x cheaper and cutting it down going oh no it's just it's just honestly it's a series x it's exact same thing <laughs> you know which it isn't 
Sorry, Phil, you were trying to say. Yeah, um, sorry, Phil. You kind of covered it, but I was going to say I agree with Ratley on the cheaper price point. Mm. Like, because I mean, they advertise that 64 gig. I can guarantee there's not 64 gig on that card free. That 64 yeah. gig will have at least 30 of it taken up by the operating system. Mm. I apparently, that's can... super lightweight. Apparently, that's super lightweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is super lightweight. Okay, so yeah. it's going to be more like seven to 10 gig then, but yeah. Even so, it's you're not going to get 64 gig to install a game, and there are games out there that are bigger than 64 gig now. Because mm. the thing with PC games is they don't tend to have that option to install lower resolution textures. You, like you can with some like you know more, uh, Modern Warfare, you can obviously un- install and uninstall like campaign bits to reduce the size on the consoles. But PC games, it's kind of a one and done thing. It's mm. all or nothing. Well, Doom Eternal um, 66 gig. Yeah, I just mm. I, again that 64 gig model. I don't really know what they were thinking. And let's be honest, like how much more would it have cost them to put a 128 gig NVMe drive in it? At their production point, probably not a lot. They could have done that and added 50 quid to the price and it would still be a reasonable mm. competitor to the Switch if that's what they're trying to do. Again, I still agree with Ratley. It's, you know, you, the people who own Switches buy a Switch because it's Nintendo and because mm. there's Nintendo games. And we all know how much... I hate Nintendo's business practice <laughs> because you never I don't say. like I don't like their Switch or any of their consoles, but I do like their games, and yeah. it sucks that I'll never get to play them because I refuse to buy their hardware because I just <laughs> think they just cheap out deliberately. That sixty-four gig, that is a Nintendo console right there. <laughs> is a Nintendo console, but it won't can, sell can, to it. it won't sell to like you, you, you touch this. Like I think if if you talk about the pricing. Just having it compete directly price-wise with a Switch, it doesn't need to. This isn't a Switch. Mm. I think at 459, the 256 gig, which is where you really should be looking, that is immense value right there at 459. Yes, I know it makes it more expensive than a Switch, and the uneducated people will still buy Switches because they think it's the same thing. But the people who are going to buy this know exactly what it is. They don't think it's a Switch. They know it's a portable PC that plays PC games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... I don't think that shooting for the same price was as important as Valve think it was. I mm. think, you know, selling it as a better, more powerful gaming machine that is capable of doing modern AAA gaming properly on the move with all these extra benefits as well was the way to go about it, personally. I mean, that's just mm. my take. I mean, I genuinely think the other 64 thing is, gig is a bad idea. Yeah, the other thing is, I mean, the 459 with the 256 NVMe, actually, that is probably going to outperform the equivalent gaming laptop for that kind of money. Because mm, you massively, can't buy a, you can't buy a gaming laptop for that money. It's just a, it's like a workflow PC at that kind of point. You know, it's designed for like kids doing homework and things at four, five, nine. You won't see something with a proper, dedicated gaming GPU and at that price point. So actually, mm. again, that three, four, nine, it just it seems a pointless bit of kit to me. Because mm. I mean, any well, laptop by three, four, nine isn't. I mean, I get your point about young so, kids, but I do think it's that thing of like it makes young kids like spend money on something which is going to give them less life in it, essentially. Mm. And I do think that's a bit underhand. Also, no, how much more? I completely disagree with that. But yeah, it's just coming from my perspective, you know, and I think, you know, it, it all depends. So the, the, you've got different consoles or different products for different points in the market. Again, you or I would not go for the 34964 gig model unless I said to myself, actually, maybe I commute on the train every day and I love playing things like um, like Hades and, um, you know, sort of retro games and stuff like that that take next to no space up. Actually, for 349 quid, I don't really need it, but it's a nice little extra gadget I can have in my backpack to whip out and, you know, just play a few little games on. But then if I was going, this is going to be my 
my gaming PC, if you like, you know, and, and have it as a more of a, a centralised gaming thing that I'm going to play things like Doom Eternal on and stuff, obviously I'm going to push up to that higher price range. Um, and I've been listening to or, or viewing a few comments on um, a Facebook group I'm part of. Um, and actually, uh, some quite interesting things, people out there saying, oh, I've never been a PC gamer, I'm not interested in PC gaming, but actually at that... I could play a few of those little titles that I'm missing. It's not too expensive. It's quite cool. I can have it as a little thing. So I think that's maybe the angle they're going for, not as the super hardcore like us. Personally. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I still think it's. A, I mean, I, I get the the point, and I think it's, mm. I, my point is not that it's it's a it's a bad it's 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 a great marketing tool, and it's a it's a it's a clever marketing tool. Do I think it's the right thing to do by customers? Hell no. That's my point. Mm. I think yeah, you use your your son as an example, and I'm not saying that it's a bad idea for him to buy it. But if he he was he, you said he wanted to use it as a PC like his brother, and he's going to be disappointed when it doesn't do the things his brother's PC does. Whereas if you went up a model, well, it's going to be very very similar. He's got now my old PC, another. so it's yeah. probably better. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's a, sorry. There's another thing. I just googled this quickly. So it does have a built-in SD card reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does have. So it. How much you can more? run games from? So here we go. So you're going to buy a decent size what five twelve gig SSD card. It's going to cost you like 50, 60 quid easy for yeah. a decent class ten plus one. Well, suddenly the difference between the two the two five six and the sixty four gig is then only another forty pounds for a better yeah. screen and the NVMe drive, which will run infinitely better. Yeah. And then you get the better screen with the anti glare and stuff. It, it's, like it, yeah, that sixty four gig. It's it's like. Do you remember they did that four gig Xbox three sixty? Back in exactly the day. what it's like, mate. Right, it's exactly. And you what could it's install like. what, like two games, and then basically you were buying extra storage. You had to buy extra storage for it to be a usable console. Again, it's the same thing, much there. like the Series S. You know, Ryan's got a Series S, and there is it's a it's a five hundred twelve gig um, system. Three hundred and eighty, don't you? Yeah, three hundred and eighty. And actually, when he plays things like Call of Duty and Red Dead Redemption, it's nearly all gone straight away. Yeah. So again, I had to buy additional storage for it. Again, well, it's an entry point. It's an entry point. You know? I, I but, can see but, point, but yeah. I, think, I think there, you're talking about putting two of the biggest games, the biggest games on there. With yeah. The 64 model, without expanding the storage, you can't even get Doom Eternal on there. Forget Call of Duty. Yeah, 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 Call yeah. of Duty, you're in a dream world, you know? Um, so so it is a different thing. And I think, I think it's... My problem with it is that it is just priced... It's priced to look good as opposed mm. to actually being good. Like, and that's my problem, is that I think the four five nine is still priced exceptionally well. Oh yeah, and it represents incredible value. I just don't. I, I they've they've tried to kick the legs out of the switch, which I don't think is going to work as well as I think it will because the switch is the switch, and the switch has mm. all the wind. It has Nintendo right games. It has Nintendo, Nintendo games. That's no matter what, what anybody the says, the, the Switch is nice because you get Nintendo games and then you get the bonus of being able to play other games as well, which yeah. is like a first for Nintendo consoles. Mm. This isn't going to turn people off the Switch because I'll also be willing to bet there's a massive difference in battery performance between the portable PC and the I Nintendo was Switch. Um, Probably. I think <laughs> I'd read somewhere it was about two hours on the battery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. not viable. This is just, this is not uh, just over two hours or something. It. Yeah, I hadn't looked into it, but I promise. I was mm. thinking to myself, I bet you the battery life on that is garbage. Yeah. And yeah, because it's just got to be because you run a, a game system that hard playing those games. You know, think about how hot the Series X gets, or my mm. laptop. Like you, you struggle to have this on your lap when you're playing something like Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like if I put Doom Eternal on it, it's like I'm going to put it on a table now because I like the skin on my lap. You know, yeah. I like it to stay on my thighs. <laughs> you know, so it is this mm. thing of like I, I, I just don't think they're in the same fight they think they are. They think they can take on the Switch, and 
you know, I think there's going to be people who buy it and then get very disappointed when they compare it to a Switch because it doesn't have the battery life. It doesn't have the real portability because, mm. all right, it's small for a PC, but it's massive compared to a Switch. When the guy's holding it at one point, it's like this. I'm just like, yeah, that's a big machine. <laughs> just Again, reference. It's super Sorry. impressive, but it's mm. a big machine. I did you know? check. Sorry, it was between two and eight hours. So two's the minimum you'll get, which... Right. Let's be honest. It's, it's, yeah. any, you know, when you look at a laptop and it says up to eight hours battery life, and when you're mm. actually using it, it's four hours. three hours. Yeah. Four, yeah. If, you're four hours if you're lucky. Yeah. Let's be yeah. honest. If they're saying two to eight, you know two is more than likely where you're at. And that <laughs> is... If you're playing hours, anything modern AAA. Yeah. Eight yeah. hours yeah. is basically the screen on with it turned to minimum brightness, not touching yeah. any buttons. Yeah. Play, <laughs> yeah. Playing Hades where it's just on a title screen. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so at like which point... Thing, you might as well just you're going to be plugging it into an AC outlet anyway. It's, it's so exactly. <laughs> it's not the, the power, the power, and we know something like ray tracing because which it's capable of. Which it, which I just like to be very clear is well impressive that mm. this machine can do ray tracing. Like just think, I'm going to turn control on with the ray tracing. I've started it five minutes in. Plug in. <laughs> Hold on. Um, I'm on the train. I don't have a plug nearby. I, I think this is a. I think I think this is, and there's a lot of portable PCs out there, and I think that it's in a world at the minute where. This is a glimpse of the future, mm. a product that looks fantastic that isn't quite there yet. Mm. Mm. And I think in five to ten years, these will be super exciting. Um, mm. I think there's some really cool stuff. Like I saw one one thread on um, on Twitter, and it was basically like, um, so this is basically Valve just made X, uh, Microsoft's portable Xbox for them because you could just side like Windows, put Game Pass on it, and just load all the Xbox games on there. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Or yeah. or even better, you can just literally put a compatible browser on and just play um xcloud, you know, XCloud on it and i was like <laughs> yeah, it's a good point to be fair it's like you know so I, mean, I, I say i'm very excited by the technology i have zero use for it i think people who have it will have a lot of fun with it i think this is the a brave new world for pc gaming i think it's going to open up pc gaming to a lot of people which is great but i can't see for a lot of people where it's going to fit in their flow and i think there's going to be a lot of people who, who think it's a good idea to change from a switch to something like this and I think mm. it might bite them in the backside a little bit. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying do a lot of homework on it. Maybe let it get out in the wild and see what it's actually about before you start buying it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I've got a funny feeling there's going to be so, a lot of it's great, but comments. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I, it's I, one really, of those... I really like it. Yeah. It's one of those things for me, a really exciting, interesting product. Um, yeah, I wouldn't buy one, I don't think. I'd have no need for it. I have a gaming PC. I have an Xbox. I yeah. very rarely leave the house these days, so when would I get a <laughs> chance to play something out and about? Now, yourself, Phil, do you think that's something that would tickle your fancy? No, but I've got to be mm. honest with you. I, as I am a gamer, but I am not a mobile gamer. Like mm. The longest extent of mobile gaming for me will be Sudoku on my smartphone or one of those like <laughs> sort of puzzle games. Like, I love the problem-solving puzzle games. <laughs> While you're on the can. <laughs> That is exactly it, mate. Do you, mate, do you I'm, know uh, the most... I'm working out and about. I'm in a Tesco's. I'm in there for a little, for the long haul. You know, I'm getting out my <laughs> flow, <laughs> my free flow, joining up the coloured dots. Do you know? Do you know? Excuse do you know me, sir. Best... We close at midnight. <laughs> it's like, I've got, I've got, I've got a street going on here. Um, so, um, I uh, say the, the, one of the best mobile gaming experience I've ever had was back in, way back in the day when smartphones started becoming before iPhones or anything like that. Um, I had a Sony Ericsson P910i, which was the, one of the first touchscreen phones that had a stylus. And I will never forget putting Scum VM on that and realizing I could play The Secret of Monkey Island on my phone and I used to work in Norwich at the time and I had to get the train in so I'd be nice. sitting on the train playing Monkey Island while listening to my music it was hands down the best mobile gaming experience I've ever had uh, it's like 
and nothing's ever come close to it since then. Phil just reminded me <laughs> like that. It's like scum VM, like on a, on a mobile phone, playing Monkey Island, heaven, absolute yeah. heaven, and forget like you know, yeah, that's proper gaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, again, I, I don't think I need to ask you, Rattley. Certainly not something you're looking to pick up. <laughs> I, I say super excited about the technology. Just yeah. I have zero need for it. It's it's mm. it's more that you know I already have a Switch. I'm certainly not going to flog my Switch to buy this when. I'm going to lose access to all the Nintendo games, which like Mario Kart was one of my main reasons for buying a Switch. I'm not going to lie. I love Mario Kart. Love you know, Mario um, I mean, I'm bad at it, but I love Me it. Me too. Yeah. Maybe we should play. <laughs> like, the worst bit is Brad. You know, you know Brad. He's, 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 he goes, I'm really bad at it. I'm like, Brad, you're a million times better than anyone else I know. You might be bad at it compared to your mate, who's a god. <laughs> but compared to me, you're, you're like, yeah, you're next level. But I, I absolutely love the game. And I, I wouldn't sacrifice those exclusives to buy this. Mm-hmm. When I could just play the the, uh, the PC stuff on my laptop, you know, I just, I just, I, I have no need for it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a swing and a miss, but an exciting window to the future. For, yeah, for me, I'm going to drop one more comment in there because I just was doing a bit of a Google research, hence my lack of focus there for a minute. So the iPad Pro, the one that was in 2018, had the same graphical power and GPU as an Xbox One X, as a One S, <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. So that's 1.6, 1.7 teraflops. So an iPad. From 2018 performs as well as this Steam Deck does from 2021. Yeah, I, so, I think again these days, just saying, just taking teraflops as a number it isn't yeah. doesn't quite well, work this, out. This is a thing, isn't what, it? Yeah, I'm saying it's very. So, are we going to get that kind of performance on an iPad and probably an Android tablet? We, okay, yeah. so yeah, let's let's just let's be very clear about something. Our iPads can have all the graphics power they want, but the reality is they have no games to play on it. Like, well, not, not they yeah, but. What I'm saying is if Apple can do that, I'm pretty sure Samsung can do it on a tablet I, as well. I, I think I think the thing here, and I think this is like Craig said, it's very clear, and I watched a video on this, is whilst it is a very low teraflop count, this is RDNA 2 stuff. So in reality, it's a much more powerful system than the numbers give it credit mm-hmm. for because, because people aren't counting for RDNA 2 and like having all of the stuff that it does because it's got the full suite like the Series X does. You know, it's got variable rate shading. It's got you know the ray tracing stuff. It's got all the stuff it can do to make... It more lightweight and so when we see engines coming along like unreal engine 5 which will take more advantage of these these new hardware features we'll see games perform significantly better on this and i think a lot of people think it will yeah um, maybe i, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, it's, not, it's not the best machine i've ever seen tablets. but i think it's solid mm, yeah i think maybe you know there might be some people out there like you who are sort of a little bit uh, feeling a little bit frazzled by the way they've gone about their marketing and maybe they should have delayed their message out a little bit because there's certainly been a lot of delays recently hasn't there mr ratley uh well you know yeah but we covered this before and delays aren't necessarily a bad thing no. isn't that that great hideo kojima quote which says a delayed game has still has the potential to be good, but a rushed game will forever be bad. Isn't that it? Something like that? Yeah, I don't think yeah. that was Kojima, but yeah. Yeah, someone like yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. said it. I think yeah, <laughs> I forget it was, but someone said it. And yeah, um, so uh, sadly, Warhammer Dark Tide, which was a uh, Xbox exclusive for this year. I think it was Miyamoto. Sorry. Anyway, carry on. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, you're right. It was Miyamoto. <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, uh, Warhammer Dark, Dark Tide has sadly, sadly, Pass into the list of games that will be delayed, uh, you know, for for this year into 2022. So, as I said in our little WhatsApp chat, breaking news: 2021 has officially been delayed into 2022 because <laughs> of COVID. Because not, not after this, we had a few other announcements come along. So, Rainbow Six Extraction being one, and there was one other that got delayed as well. I think it was a PlayStation one. I can't remember which one it was. Now got delayed as well. So, um, yeah, sad times. But again, we've we've covered this numerous times. Riders Republic. I'd much that rather, was the other one. 
Yes. Yep. Well, yeah, Ubisoft wasn't it? Yeah, Riders yeah. Republic. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Um, much, much rather these games were delayed and we got a finished, polished article mm. than they just rush it out the door to make a deadline and we get an unfinished mess of a game because it's hurt games that I was seriously looking forward to. I know we, we had a, a early days of the podcast, huge long talks about the, the cyberpunk thing because we had such varying degrees of of uh, gameplay. And, and I don't think any game should be that variable that mm. one person can pass a mission with next to no faults. So the next person has like 12 different game-breaking bugs in the same mission. Mm. So I'd much rather, and I'm sure we all agree on this, and we can pretty much breeze through this news article, that these games are delayed because we get a polished game yeah. and we get a game that's worth playing as opposed to they rush it out to make a deadline and then have to patch it six months down the line where we then all lost interest in the game and no one's playing it. And on mm. that note, that just reminds me because Outriders has been significantly patched in the last few weeks. And oh, really? the, the community that's still playing it has had nothing but good things to say about the patches they've done. It's made the game more fun. The loot is dropping more readily. Everything you'd want it to do. In fact, Paul Tassi wrote an article saying it's pulled a reverse anthem. And and I, I think it sounds brilliant, but I've, I've got no one to play it with. Yeah. Like every, everyone's moved on from it. That, that, that buzz that was there where we had the momentum and everyone was logging mm. on to play Outriders is gone. Yeah. So, I mean, we could yeah. probably get it going again if we really, really try. But this is the point. If you, if you launch like that, your window of opportunity to blow everyone away and get everyone in, into your, get your hooks into them and, and drag them in and want them to come back is there. If you mm. drop that ball at that launch... You're going to have that issue where essentially they just don't want to come back, and or yeah, you know, they're just skeptical to come back. It was some pretty major, major ball dropping as well with that game, wasn't it? You know, things like I know I was starting yeah. to really enjoy a particular character, then got, comp- that got yeah. just got wiped and wiped like, stuck because, yeah. uh, and yeah. so I couldn't play it again. And there was the login issues, you, and then yeah. there was the loot issues, and it they you tried their hardest. Issues, at, like oh. I had issues with Cyberpunk, and yeah. it was like you know you had a much better experience with Cyberpunk than I did. Whereas mine was just like every mission. I was like, oh, seriously, another another progress block where I've got to restart the mission. I just yeah. can't be dealing with this anymore. You had the, the characters. Admittedly, I was further down than you with characters. If I'd have lost a character in Outriders, I think I'd have been like, yeah, done with it. See you later. Yeah. I'll uninstall it, yeah. never go back, you know? So I, I totally get it. And I think this is this, this just brings that point nicely. Finish the game, get it working, test it, make sure that it does work as you expect it to, then release it. And I'm happy they're delayed, but it does make me sad because I was really looking forward to getting that chainsaw out and chopping up some walks and stuff in Dark Tide. So, you know. I mean, that's been Alan, I Alan, can... Alan was really looking forward to Riders Republic. I know that. You said it in our, mm. in our E3 show. Um, you know, and I was looking forward to, to Rainbow Six. So mm. it's, it's, it's a shame. But again, for the right reasons. Mm. You were going to say, Phil, sorry. I was going to say, I can still hear Alan wailing in disappointment when you posted that in there. I was like, no! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he was on his knees, hammering the floor in misery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I... I'll be honest, I'm kind of like with you. The thing is, right, if you release that game early and it's broken, you lose the buzz. And yeah. you know what? Even when it gets delayed, people get upset and they complain online. But let's be honest, you know, if it comes out six months later and it's a really good game, all of that negativity about yeah. you delaying it just disappears. It's like yeah. it never happened. So it's so important, I think. It's more important now than it ever has been because of that ability to patch things afterwards that people are now starting to realize that that's not what they want. We want the game to come out. We want it to work. You know, yeah. if you're releasing something that early and it's got bugs in it and you know they're bugs, you need to tell people it's now for a beta. You can't sell it as a full price yeah. product or as a as an update product. It should be sold and labeled as an alpha or a beta. 
Yeah, 100%. Things, things are getting delayed more and more often, aren't they? And people are starting to not have a problem with it so much, I think. People are just going, oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's delayed again. Like, yeah, you say, you say that. Stuff, what was the last, the last big delay was the God of War delay, wasn't it? And mm. uh, didn't Alana Pierce receive death threats and all sorts of really nasty stuff in her DMs? Oh, really? Purely yeah. because she happened to work at, uh, she started work at God Sony of Santa uh, Monica. Sony Santa Monica. Yeah. She's not even working on God of War. And people started sending her death threats because she works there, blaming her for it, saying it's all your fault. You joined, they've delayed it. Blah, blah. It's like we need to get past this as well. Like people, yeah, people just need to, yeah, you know, what, people just need to do one. We've seen, we've seen exactly how toxic people yeah. are. It's like I mean, I think for other stuff, and we just need to be like moving on. But she, she kind of oh. gets the whole pretty gamer girl thing as well, though. So that's yeah, yeah. Get her a lot of hate. Do you know what? That, that, that just on that quickly. Why are people so angry when a pretty girl likes to play video games? It's like. What is what is the problem here? It's like, oh my god, Mate. she's attractive. She can't possibly like nerd stuff. What? It's like you people are mental. Like legit there are, mental. There are lunatics all the way across the planet. There are lunatics not just in video games and lots of other stuff. There's, but you know, I, the lunatics who put this stuff up on video games. I can see like streaming services like Netflix and stuff like that doing movies and series about these lunatics yeah um, there'll, be a, there'll be there'll totally be a netflix documentary on it at yeah. some point won't there it'll be totally. like that one yeah. where they were hunting down the guy that used to vacuum bag cats or whatever it was exactly the same sort it'll of thing be nothing yeah like it. i was just saying the thing is that someone like her though she's worked in the video game industry for what 15 years yeah she's well like, respected she is a legitimate video games journalist she yeah. has the the backup it's not like she's some streamer girl who's jumped in a hot tub and put a video game on and linked up to twitch yeah <laughs> well um yeah so but on the uh on the the note of netflix phil yes there is a bit of news on the horizon isn't there my friend there is a bit of news so netflix i'm gonna i'm gonna provide this with a nice hard-hitting headline netflix <laughs> identified a threat a threat <laughs> to their attention for leisure time. Okay. <laughs> you like that? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the oh, biggest no, name in video this is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest name in TV streaming has identified a threat to their business. Now, all joking aside, um, that's legitimately, I quote that from the article I read, actually. Mm. Um, basically, Netflix have decided that video gaming is potentially their big one of their biggest threats to what they call their leisure time audience so you know we all have varying amounts of leisure time craig gets about two hours in the evening because he works ridiculously hard and has two kids and it's his own fault really should have kept it in pants <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, me and ratley have significantly more leisure time like significantly Mate, i've got so much leisure time at the minute i don't know what to do with it all <laughs> and obviously for companies like netflix you know it's all about making them that place to go to spend your leisure time so yeah um you know they obviously things like books and newspapers and playing on your phone are all parts of it but they basically identified that gaming is the kind of biggest hook for it um they particularly they cite Fortnite because you know it's still basically the biggest game in the world at the moment um as a real key kind of example i suppose um so netflix are gonna add a gaming service Oh, yeah. They are going to invest <laughs> the monies, and they have a lot of monies to invest. I think it's really interesting. Um, you know, you've got things like Xbox Game Pass, which is a subscription service. You get lots of games. Um, from the from the reading of this article, they've hired some some big wigs, some big names in the industry, uh, particularly Mike Verdu, who was uh, 
an EA exec back in the day. He then moved over to Facebook and he uh, sort of championed or headed up the department that worked with Oculus. Mm. And uh, basically, he was the liaison between the game studios developing games that they wanted to go on VR platforms and get the games kind of implemented on Oculus and working with the teams there. So, you know, he has a lot of experience in terms of working with gaming studios. And by the sounds of it, uh, Netflix's kind of first port of call is they're going to start trying to get some third-party games over onto their future gaming service and then they'll do what netflix always do a bit like they did you know they start getting the programs on there and then they'll probably start investing their own money and i'm sure at some point we're going to see a netflix game studio well they're a bit of a that behemoth the, they are i mean mm. that is the the kind of future that's been painted by this article and i think it's really interesting and i think you know what another competitor in the video game market that can't be a bad thing not yeah. with that much money yeah, and I think you know somewhere like Netflix, they've you know they've already got their server setups, haven't they? They've already invested in all that kind of infrastructure, the way that they work. You know that surely that's kind of like the first step on the way there. Um, so I suppose it, <laughs> I wonder what happens. Do they end up pairing up with a Microsoft or a Sony or someone like that, well, or do they put well, PCs in? Oh, have you heard something? Funny, like you this? should say that because somebody <laughs> data mined Netflix, and oh. they found they found indications of a potential team-up with one of the big two game uh, console manufacturers. And it weren't the boys in green, it was the boys in blue. Really? Yeah, there's uh, apparently some data mining. It's not. Um, it's nothing confirmed, and it's just it's just some some tenuous links. It looks mm. like there might be some PS Classics okay. coming to the service. Mm. Um, may, and then, everyone, of course, everyone's then gone, PS Now! And it's like, I just don't see it happening, but it might do. It'd be a really good shot for Sony to fire back at... Um, Game Pass, you know, to put PS Now into to Netflix. Um, all, I'll, all, all I'll say is like Netflix want to be careful, don't tread on Microsoft's toes too hard because they're only worth twenty billion. And you know, <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft might go twenty billion. You say we'll have you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you <know>. uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. oh hold on, where's my wallet? Yeah, yeah. Let's face it. everyone thought it was exuberant when they bought. They spent that like seven point five. It was on Zenimax, and they went. And they went. Here's our quarterly report. Made that back and more. And yeah. it's like, you know, so everyone was like, "Oh my god, seven point five billion. They were like, "Yeah, whatever, mate. Ch- pocket change." <laughs> you know. So you know, what was that? You popping down the shops? You grab us a drink and a Bethesda, please. Cheers, mate. <laughs> um. No, no, I want Netflix this time. No, no, I had, I had the Bethesda. That was rubbish. I wanted the. the so it's at the back of the yeah, behind yeah, behind that yeah. You got a shop for it, yeah. So, so, so what yeah, you're yeah. saying is, uh, Netflix better not be identified by Microsoft as a threat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To their leisure time, yeah. yeah. Forget their leisure time. It's like you better be your threat to our whatever it is. You're in trouble, mate. We're Microsoft. Here's some. Money. You are not money's like. This is what money's like. You know. What it seems like uh, like Bruce Wayne, isn't it? It's like you know. Oh, how'd you get the house back? I bought the bank. exactly that you know know, it is just like you know it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight yeah we're netflix it's like yeah we're microsoft (laughs) i'm just messing there's obviously no indication they're planning to do this but like i say i just thought it'd be funny but um yeah yes smart move isn't it smart move this smart move by netflix it's Mm. a very smart move by sony if something comes out of that because Mm. they do need a competitor Mm -hmm. and like you said, I really hope there isn't a dartboard up in a Microsoft office somewhere where they just throw darts and buy whatever it <laughs> yeah, is. Because yeah. I imagine Netflix it's a big is... wheel. Yeah. Like wheel <laughs> spin it. Today we're buying. <laughs> uh, Can I have an N, please, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> sure, that'll oh. be 20 billion. And it's yeah. like... 
quality. Well, on a slight <laughs> tangent, but on the same subject, right? So, do you remember the whole xCloud thing with iOS? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, iOS wouldn't allow them to have an app with game streaming on, would they? Yep. Does that mean... No, I thought it was purchases. I thought it was... They wouldn't allow them to have an app with in-app yep. purchases that in-app Apple purchases. didn't get a cut of. Yes. That was okay. Issue. Right. Okay. Okay. So, if Netflix say... Okay. So, if Netflix does something and mm-hmm. has games on their service... Mm-hmm. They're effectively not going to be having any microtransactions in it, or they won't be having an app on iOS, will they? Unless they have mm-hmm. it as a separate app and it becomes a web app. Or do that does that then become the thing? Because there's so many users of something like Netflix, and it's such a big thing that people use iPads and stuff for. Is that the thing that makes Apple turn around and change their policy? Well, I think I think this is just going to shine an even bigger light on how rubbish and anti-consumer those policies are by apple yeah. mm-hmm. i mean i get it i get you know uh you know you want to cut you the cut of that pie but you're there we we, we all know the story here they, they, they're, they're ripping off developers like with their hard work to get this you know yeah and apple apple make it's not like apple are short of a bob or two do you know what i mean <laughs> so really, maybe no. this netflix thing will 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 bring this to the forefront even more so so it gives gives the epic suit more power and more you know uh to really stick it to Apple on this one and just say, look, you know, this is massively anti-consumer. This is not the right way to go about it. You need to basically like get with the age. You know, you can't just control everything completely. You get enough of a cut over here. You don't need this over here, you know. And I think, you know, that's something which I hope is going to change just in general. But maybe mm. this Netflix thing is the thing to bring it forward. Let's let's hope something good comes of this regardless. I mean, let's hope Netflix launch a great gaming service and there's some killer games on it. You know, I'll, I'll be down for that. More more good games is more good games. Mm. You know, whilst that's I say I haven't got the time for a PlayStation, I, 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 if PlayStation now was more readily available and worked better, essentially, and, you know, I, I'd be well up for, for running that a bit more and, you know, getting better. If, they, if there was an Xbox Game Pass for PlayStation... You know, I'd be all over that as a, as an thing as an option. I just can't justify the expense of a PlayStation and then the games on top when I've got so much on the Xbox and my PC. Do you know it just doesn't work out for me? Yeah, yeah. But if Plus, I did a no. streaming service, if I did a proper streaming service, I'd be well up for that. Yeah, because I would be able to play God of War or what have you. You know, PlayStation are starting to gradually, slowly but surely, realise the uh, the benefits of pushing their games across to PC anyway. So yeah, absolutely. If you don't want to play them on day one. You're going to be playing them eventually anyway. Well, yeah. Again, I'm not overly fussed. I'm just I'm hoping that one day we get a couple of the ones. I mean, I, I do want to check out Horizon. I keep meaning to do that. I'm waiting for it to go on super cheap sale. Actually, if I'm honest, um, I'm pretty yeah. sure that was floating around for about twenty two quid or something. Or yeah, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for seventeen. Might have been, might um, be middle. <laughs> <laughs> That is his point. To... That's his sweet point. Seventeen pence. It's got to be okay? seventeen pence, or I'm not buying it, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, might, Ratley, this is fifteen p. Ain't seventeen p, is it? Two p. Don't care, mate. Seventeen. It's thirty p. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. All right. Well, um, that's about it for the news stuff this week. So we're going to our talking point now. So there's been a bit of um. Rather strange controversy. And I wanted to kind of put this out to you boys and see what your thoughts are. So Psychonauts 2 um, and their developers, Double Fine, obviously owned by Microsoft, have come out and um, mentioned that they are putting an invincibility mode into their game. Now, this has stirred up a bit of an old controversy controversy around uh, the web around game difficulties. Um, 
and I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the subject, really. Do you mean, do you agree with Double Fine adding this mode in? Um, do you sit more on the side of games shouldn't tone down the experience for inclusion, or are you kind of somewhere in between? So I wanted to go to you, Mr. Phil, first. What are your thoughts on the whole game difficulty situation? Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say none of us are against game inclusion. No, yeah. none of us are against that. You know, But some people online very much seem to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, they'll be against it until for some reason they can't play games as they would do normally, yeah, and then suddenly yeah. they'll be on their side of the fence. Um, you know, none of us are against that game inclusion. So, for me, I think there's a there's a there's a limit to where it needs to go to. So, for example, on Psychonauts two, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with the fact they've introduced this invincibility mode. Um, so, for, for my particular point, like the idea of game mechanics is that they teach you something. You know, how to defeat a boss, how to beat this puzzle how to solve whatever jumping puzzle you get across right and that you know you jump and then you die you know you don't jump to there or you don't stand here or the boss keeps hitting you with the same attack you know that you need to be over the other side whereas you know if there's an invincibility node what's going to happen is you know let's say you're in a big fight with a boss and it's firing missiles and rockets and then you just stand there and just shoot a bitty pea shooter and it takes you half an hour to take it down but you get there eventually um and i I don't agree with that kind of approach, but I certainly do agree with the inclusion side of it. So a lot of games now have introduced, for example, um, a kind of story mode rather than it's not even easy mode. It's like story mode where the enemies are very low powered, They're very low health and you're they do very little damage to you. So you're still required to play through the game in the intended way, but it's just significantly easier without, you know, you're required to put so much time and effort and, you know, especially for games where you have to level up, for example. You know, we always complain about the bloat in the middle of Assassin's Creed. Uh, you know, with a, a story mode, you're not going to be stuck with the bloat, for mm. example. So, so, uh, so, right, just on that point then, just kind of like, so let's say, okay, so let's say Psychonauts 2 comes out. You, me and you both play it. You play it on hard and complete it. Um, and I play it on invincible mode and complete it. How does my experience affect your experience? Oh, it doesn't affect my experience. But doesn't I mean, bother that's, me at all. But yeah. But I, that's what I'm I would, to get from it. Yeah. I would have to suggest that your experience would be lesser than mine. Um, but, but I know but that I, seems. I don't. But I, if I don't like something to be hard, and I don't want to, I just want to go through and experience this story. That's my choice. Yeah, but you might miss key points of how that would play out. If if you make it too easy, there is, you know, there might be a certain mechanic that weakens a boss, for example, where you need to do that, mm -hmm. and it's tied into a specific part of the story. I don't know. Let's say you have to go and collect orbs or something, and you have to put them in a machine, and the machine shoots a laser that takes down the boss's shield or something like that. But mm -hmm. and, and then you can do loads of damage to it. But your experience yeah, but... of that would be you just stand there and you shoot. Well, hold, it on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, his, his experience is exactly the same because he hasn't had to bypass that mechanic doing anything. He's just been invincible no, while doing it. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's, let's say it does bypass that mechanic, though. You know, the, the, take yeah, that's not what he's talking about. He's just no, saying no, no. it's playing in invincible mode. So that's, that's I think that's the big the big thing here is like, and I'm not saying you're. you're I'm saying I probably would agree with you that you doesn't need to take away things like, but like, it would open up that game to be accessible to people who who haven't got all the time we have to play it, and maybe people who can't necessarily manage it. Yeah, but let's let's say that. You know, you can still damage the boss, but you just do less damage because you're not following that particular mechanic. This is a big thing with RPGs and MMOs, for example. Well, it's, then it, you know, it's, it's, the same, it's the same but, mechanic. No, but it's not because let's say if you're invincible, you're not worried about getting damaged. You don't but have it, to do that mechanic. You can just stand there and good, shoot it. 
Yeah, yeah but if you're a ninja, you could, just, you can just shoot it down anyway. So it's just the same experience, just played differently. Yeah, but it, what I'm saying is it would take you significantly longer to do it, yeah? So if, what I'm saying is if it causes Craig to sit there for half an hour shooting at it, whereas I would complete it in 15 minutes by following that, but it's because because he's in invincible mode, he didn't read any of the bits, he didn't learn that mechanic because he didn't know. Uh, yeah, that. but I, okay, okay. So, so but, but it, you're saying... So the, my point is that it makes it more accessible and quicker for some people who might struggle with it to do it difficultly. They're not going to take the longer route because they're invincible... They're going to play the game in the same mechanics because it's the shortest route to victory. They just don't have to stress about dying doing it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if you start putting that into a lot of games, it will you will find that there will be people who don't necessarily then learn the mechanic because they don't need to because it doesn't affect their game to play, and then they will have a lesser. Yeah, but that's their choice. It's not a. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying though. But it's their choice to do it. But they, maybe they don't know because they're not putting that time into it. They're not learning that mechanic. They're not getting involved okay. in the game. So but it's a lesser experience for them. So let's put this out here then. That's their experience, so, though. It doesn't yeah. matter to you what their experience so if I get, is doing. Yeah. So let's put this out here. So the game developer is putting this invincibility mode in. So the people who mm -hmm. designed and create the game. So they are building the game from the ground up with these things in mind. Let's say they built. Let's say from day dot, they're like, I'm going to have an invincibility mode in this. So it's going to say, I'm standing there and I'm invincible, and I need to put an orb in there and a do a laser attack, whatever you said. Mm. And if I'm just standing shooting it, it's going to pop up and say, you can't do it this way. You've got to go and put a thing in there and do it. Like, oh, okay, cool. And it's maybe, it's a game that is a universal game that's suitable for, I mean, I don't know with yeah. Psychonauts. It looks fairly child-friendly. Yeah, they're, they're um, very they're very kid-friendly. The there's a, yeah. there's, there's a, that, that beauty of slightly adult humour, if you if you know it, but it's not it's not like... Sort of Simpsons like or Pixar-like. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it could be a five-year-old playing it who just wants to run around and jump about. Like the colourful graphics. Yeah, yeah. But... So I think a lot of the arguments online are saying, you know, there's people saying, oh, well, you know, people use it to beat the game quicker or they'll just skip encounters by putting it on invincible mode. No. And it's... That's it's, fine. I don't... You know, yeah. again, that that's where it rolls into your decision of your experience with the game. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't disagree with what they're doing if they want to put it in there. If the game is tailored for that experience, it's fine. What I'm saying mm -hmm. is I don't want them to put something in that lessens the experience for that person. Like it shouldn't be at the expense of the game. That may mm. not well be the case. You know, if they've designed it from the day dot and it does that, that's great. And like mm. you said, it's your choice of how to play it. What I'm saying is though, if that happens and they suddenly start maybe backdating these invincible modes into other games, and then it starts to create a lesser experience in that game, you don't get the full experience. That's when I think it, it isn't a good thing to do. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you know, potentially if they're you know moving something back in. I mean, but from the flip side of it, for me, let's say let's take Dark Souls for an example. Yeah, I really enjoyed that game. I really did enjoy that game. It is a very hard game, and yeah. I got to a point where I just I gave up because it was a lesser experience for me because I couldn't do it. If it had had an easier difficulty, I would have got to get through that, see the rest of the game, enjoyed the whole game, and seen the end of it. But as a point, I had no way of adjusting it, and I was like, yeah, I ain't got time for this. I've got stuff, other stuff I want to play. I'll give up. And I've done that on two different Dark Souls games because I'm just not very good. That's kind of the opposite. I suppose it's going the other way, isn't it, where putting that in putting that in the game yeah. mode would actually give you a better experience. Exactly. Again, That's what I'm saying. See, I so disagree yeah, with that. This is going to be my point as well. Is there are so yeah. many games where either I, I've quit on it because it's, it's just it just a great example would be um oh what was the shooting version of dark souls that was out a while back i can't remember uh, uh revenant uh remnant definitely from the ashes from mm, the yes. from the ashes oh and i started playing that and you were online with me yeah. when i hit the boss mm. i was enjoying that no end until i hit the first boss fight and then it just became it just became 
it became me dying ad infinitum. And yeah, I couldn't, that was a yeah, and I could, and it was a huge difficulty spike. And it was like, and it took a game I was having a blast with and made it instantly unplayable for me. Had there been a way to downscale that, I'd have been like, all right, I'll drop the difficulty and have a go. And and proof of that is that I wasn't really enjoying Star Wars Fallen Order. Um, I've been struggling with it. Everyone's been telling me how great it is. I've just been having a bit of a pig with it. And I was playing it on normal difficulty, not harder difficulty, normal difficulty. And I just wasn't having fun with it. It's got too much timing thing. I just want to get my lightsaber out and, you know, <laughs> swish and, wash. And, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, and, and, and there's still lots of, you know, timing mechanics and things in there for other stuff, the puzzles, etc. But I don't want the combat to be a chore. And the combat was a chore in Fallen Order for me. So, so I went back and I switched to story mode and I'm having an absolute blast with it now. And so I was leads hating me, that game. So, so this so, leads me to my point from earlier then. So if they put it, would you want an invincibility mode in Fallen Order? Or was I, the fact I wouldn't, that yeah, I'm, easy... I'm playing it for the story. The, okay, the combat, but the story the mode... Just... But the story yeah, mode, now you're playing it, is that not sufficient? But, 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 but it's sufficient for me, but that doesn't mean that everyone is me and everyone has my my want to, to even bother with it that much. You know, yeah. Some people... And let, let's, let's just go one step further. We're talking about accessibility. Accessibility doesn't... We're all very lucky. We will have complete you know, use of all of our bodily, you know, limbs and fingers and that, you know, admittedly my fingers are getting and thumbs are getting a little worn out. I think I'm getting some arthritis problems coming in because of some other conditions I've got. So it's already, it's already in the back of my mind, but I play regularly. We've, I've talked about this on the podcast before with Luke and Luke has significant problems using his hands or they just don't work, you know, and we laugh and joke about his flippers and stuff. You know, it's not, it's nothing. It's, it's a very in joke between me and him, but if he hadn't had someone make him a controller to be able to play things, he wouldn't have had it. Now he's, be able to persevere and play some things but there is some stuff which is just going to be too difficult for him because of the way he has to move about to push buttons so if you talk about a dark souls i'm fairly sure i mean i know it's not really luke's game and i'm, I'm sure luke could if he really like applied himself could play it but i'm just not sure necessarily he'd want to give it that much time you know like and and why should he have to like like just drill himself into the ground to be able to enjoy a game you know, and I that's the point in it. You know, yeah, I did and, say and that, that's, that's the thing here. So the, the invincibility mode isn't aimed at me or you, and then putting it in there doesn't affect me or you or Craig or uh, Alan or Joe Blogs or anyone on the internet who doesn't want to use it. But Probably ninety nine percent of people. Yeah, yeah if a yeah. five year old or someone with problems with their hands, um, you know, maybe delayed reactions, maybe you know, you know, a, a disabled gamer wants to play on invincibility mode because they want to experience the psychonaut story and the, the humor and the fun of the game, then yeah. If, if, if they put an invincibility mode in Dark Souls and someone who had a ha physical handicap could then play Dark Souls and enjoy it and, and work the timings out so they have more time, they didn't get constantly punished, then hell yes, I'm all for it in Dark Souls because it's not adjusting the experience for someone who chooses not to use it. And you still have to learn the mechanics, but you don't get so brutally punished for it. And let's face it, Dark Souls is a brutally punishing game, which puts most people off. Because what, what stops me playing Dark Souls is not that... That I, I die and then have to. It's, it's the it's yeah. the level of you die and it yeah. takes you so far back and you have to do all that again. <laughs> For me, that's the turnoff. I'm just like you know yeah. what. I can't As I said, keep rehashing. I'm that. not. But that, I'm not but against the argument here. The argument. I'm is, not against inclusion. You know, if it's yeah. for I know, you know, I know people not. who have disabilities, not, but, but, then I'm all for it. I don't want people to not be able to have an experience. But um, that, that's, that's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Point, it's, 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 you, you said earlier about the point of if he stands there and just wail on it. That could just be someone who doesn't have the reflex to it and just wants to smash mash a button. There's nothing wrong with that if they're having fun. And I, and I, I yeah. don't understand why, why there being an invincibility mode and it bypassing a mechanic is so vitally important to that person's fun 
if they're enjoying just mashing a button and watching the guy die over 30 minutes and they have a good time doing it, it doesn't matter a flying whatchamacallit whether that you know is there and could potentially allow someone to bypass it. If they're having fun doing it, leave them alone to have fun. It doesn't matter. Games are about fun. They're not this... They're just, let's be honest, they're not a dick measuring contest to say, oh, I beat Doom Eternal on Ultra Nightmare in 35 minutes flat. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 because I'm a god. I have the utmost respect for people that do that. But yeah, that Bradley was just dropping my stat fun. there, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that um, doesn't mean they've had more fun than somebody who's put it on the easiest difficulty and played hard just to beat it on. That's been really difficult for them just to beat it on the, It doesn't invalidate my. I see speedruns on the original Doom who are God on, on Nightmare going through it like these speedruns. I used to just go IDKFA, IDDQD. Ah! <laughs> you know, I just have all the guns on, like, you know, knee deep in there to be like, have it, BFG, you know. And, and it was a blast. It was still funny because games are for fun, they are not about. Yeah, I mean, there is an inherent challenge, and some people revel in that challenge. If that's how you get your fun, great. But don't say, this person can't do that. Therefore, it's, they, they should be denied fun. It's just, it absolutely does my head in. Like, that you want to control someone else's fun because you think I it's the way think to play. you it. might have... You've gone quite on there, Rats. I did just say, <laughs> it's not against inclusion. And you've just literally gone there and said, no, you've... I don't think he's purely directing that straight at you. Okay. No, You're more at the no, same. It's more, what's it's more being at the people on the internet. There are so many people who seem to think that by including an, 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 a, a mode where you make someone invincible, it will somehow detract from their experience. It's like, it's an option. You turn it on. If you don't want to use it, don't can use it. It's just that simple. <laughs> right, come on then, Phil. Phil let, let, let's let Phil no, no, retort. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, mm. I still agree with the point. Like, I... Inclusion. I'm all about inclusion. And you know what? I, I take your point. Actually, I didn't necessarily think about it. If it's somebody who has like a disability and they just can't play the game and that's what they need to be able to play that game. Actually, you know what? I think that's a great thing. Do you know what? Phil, I guess I, I, guess I just people, not. I don't want to be I don't want to be that thing, but I would never have thought of it until I met Luke yeah. and was playing games of Luke. I got really and nice. it changed I... my perspective on it. I just didn't think too. that far down the line. Like, to me, I'm thinking about it right. I don't think it's a good thing if it impacts the experience of the game. But actually, you know what? If it then gives somebody who couldn't have that experience the opportunity for it, I understand that. And that's, so that's that the thing I think. So I think from that perspective, yeah. I 100% agree with you. And I think um, that's the thing with this invincibility mode. It's not designed to be an easy mode. It's designed as an accessibility mode. And I think that's where people need to realize this. It is not about changing the game to make it easier for everyone. It's about making the game available to everyone at, at, at whatever skill level you have to be or for whatever ability level you have to be because you might have a crippling like you know, uh, problem with your hands. You might not be able to use your hands. You might be... There's so many things. I saw it, but having said that, I've seen some amazing human beings. And there's a guy who I can't remember what the name is, a streamer who used to stream PUBG and he played it with his mouth on like the special control that was made for him. And I only saw him because Shroud once... like. Was, was pointed his direction and donated to his stream. And this guy plays PUBG and wins chicken dinners with his mouth. Mm. I can't win a chicken dinner with a controller. Like, yeah. So yeah. That, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that disabilities make you unable to play games at a high level. That's completely not the case. But there are some people who will struggle because of their disability, and it should just be an option for them. And, mm. and th an option is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Making someone play it on invincible mode is stupid. Like, making all Dark Souls games so you can't die completely defeats the purpose of Dark Souls games if you're capable of playing them properly. But giving someone the option yeah. to do that if they can't enjoy it the other way is a great thing. I and mean, I something else that's that... That's what we need to look at. 
something else that occurs to me is obviously we focus heavily on the invincibility mode they've added in, but actually maybe that's just one example of what they could do with games. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, it might yeah, be. You... So, for example, I am quite badly colorblind, like particularly red green. There's is loads of colorblind modes. Yeah, loads of and modes. that's the thing. Like for me, all the, so many games have a colorblind mode in there, which does help genuinely there'd be more than a few times i've shot mm. people that are on my team <laughs> yes yeah i felt that <laughs> yeah and you know when we play with jules sometimes when he goes away i just put him down for the sake of it because it saves the rest of us the misery <laughs> i you reference PUBG in particular he disappeared off to go and get his chinese takeaway we waited for him i shot him in the back of the head so we could carry on yeah he deserved it in my opinion he did <laughs> <laughs> but but you know that's interesting so, like you know i think, I think maybe, yeah, you sorry, sorry, mate. You were going to say sorry. As I say, like you know, I, I mean, I guess we've harped on about the invincibility a lot, and maybe that is just a very small fragment of it's, what they can do. Yeah, but maybe it needs to be more about the timing, and it needs to be more about you know, colorblind mode is another example that's been going for a long time. Maybe there's games, other things they can do as well. Games are getting so much better with their with their inclusive with their inclusivity yeah. with stuff. I mean, take for example something completely different, but on the same vein. Grounded. I was playing Grounded recently, and mm-hmm. they've got an arachnophobia mode in there because yeah, so it's a spider off, doesn't it? Yeah. I do not like spiders. Oh, and I mean they're cut. They're cartoony spiders, but my god, they are so scary. You turn around and there's a twenty. Have you foot, seen the, have you like, seen the wolf boss, spider coming? Mate, oh, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you could, if you want, I mean, I've left them on because it does, it heightens the experience for me. But if you're really deathly scared of them, you can have them just as like a blob comes at you. Yeah, well, you it's know. a paralyzing fear for some people. It's a legit mm. paralyzing fear, so that would stop mm. them playing the game. So they an accessibility um, mode there is fine. They but I was going to say, the other thing is... Tank engine. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's another thing is... Than that. <laughs> have, you seen the, have you seen someone modded Thomas the Tank Engine into Mass Effect 3 instead of Reapers? It's quite hilarious. Um <laughs> Uh, so, and Skyrim uh, as well, classic for Skyrim. That mm. why not? Hey, um, but um, obviously, with the advent of things like the adaptive controller, which Luke uses, why can't we see the advent of games which can adapt can 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 adapt the game based on the presence of an adaptive controller? They see the adaptive controller and go, mm. maybe this person needs some help with the controls. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, Microsoft's been been huge in this. I mean, like Microsoft has been leading the charge in accessibility for ages. It's no surprise that. You know that it's a Microsoft Studio that are saying we're going to put an invincibility mode in. Damn the haters! You know, um, it, it's 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 great to see, but 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 we've got this hardware there now. We've got software that's smart enough to recognise these things. Surely there's got to be a point in in the near future where we go basically, you know, it sees the hardware, it adjusts the game accordingly, or offers you the option to adjust the game accordingly. Because again, going back to the point, whilst I've used Luke as an example, Luke plays the Division Two with me and other games actually perfectly capable like i played for months with luke before i even knew he was disabled yeah you know I mean, and it same, was yeah. Mm. yeah and it's and it's it was it, it, i couldn't believe that he had a physical handicap like he did when i saw it because like you've got to be pulling my chain there is no way this dude who i've been playing in the dark zone with pvping with is this same guy and it was and he's capable and he's perfectly but there are still some things which i know it, it's, it's not as easy for him to do and um, we've discussed it at times but that doesn't mean that he shouldn't have access to those things. And that's the key thing is like uh, so, opening up to maybe, people is just a good thing. Yeah. Maybe the uh, my final point on this is maybe we need to be looking at this as maybe this is the tip of the iceberg then. A hundred percent. In terms 100%. of accessibility, you know, you know, damn whatever mm-hmm. impact it has on the game. Maybe this is, um, you know, I feel like we've had this conversation. I have spun around from my initial kind of thought. Yeah. Of it uh, but I get your match, point, though, mate. I get your point a hundred percent. You know, I just yeah. think maybe this is, you know... I, I love what we've discussed here. And I think, you know, if this is the tip of the iceberg and, you know, there's going to add more things around timing and 
color modes and mm. adaptive mm. modes and you know direct support for that adaptive controller that maybe alters how the game plays i mean i I'm actually quite excited to see what they come up with to make games easier for people to make them more accessible. And I think, yeah. to be honest, you're going to have out of out of any of the, um, the 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 game publishers and the console developers out there. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Microsoft with the stuff they've yeah. been doing, really. Um, but uh, yeah, I think well, that was a good talking point. I think it's probably time to move uh, move into the. Uh, the, the twilight of the episode um, as we've been ram- rambling on for about an hour and 40 minutes, not even without, with, even without a quiz, um, which has been great. We've had some great stuff to talk about. So I hope people at home have enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I guess all it is really is just say uh, goodbye from me. It's a, it's a bye from Ratley. Play games, have fun, whatever difficulty you play them on. Goodbye, people. And it's a bye from Mr. Phil. Bye-bye, people of the internet and what he said. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Love the games, no matter. Bye. <laughs> Bye.